0: Welcome once again to the Voice Dressing flagship podcast. I'm Rich Craig alongside, as always, King of Banter, Katsukobashi of Sex, Reason Well Explained Man, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's going on?
1: I uh, didn't realize that the Winter Olympics had started. As I'm flipping through the channels, looking yeah, it's stuff. bullshit.
0: because no, the to, I, I got confused by that too. Because tomorrow is the opening ceremony, but like figure skating, I think what what curling's on right now, if I remember correctly.
1: There the is some curling course, like, on, on Friday.
0: Yes. What the fuck? Like that? That, that just kind of. Because I thought I missed ceremony. the opening. Well, because I thought I missed the opening ceremony, which I, I kind of like. That I like. I have no need for the Olympics really, but I like the opening ceremony. You'll I like watch, the, you'll like,
1: watch the geeks do the march. Yeah, with the I'm like, oh,
0: that's a cool country. I've never heard of that. Or like, oh, that's a where's that country at? And then you know what I mean? Like look through and go on my Google Maps and be like, oh, that's a pretty cool looking country. Or <laughs> you know, like there's, there's some yeah. times that come up. There's the they oiled up uh, Tongan guy last year uh, at the Summer Olympics. He was a big hit with everybody. Is there well. again? I, yeah, he's he's bobsledding now, right? Mm-hmm. Or. Yeah, but is it a bobsled or some figure skate or whatever? So he's back. So no, he's not
1: figure skating. I think he's. I think Did no, I
0: a- say <laughs> figures? What did I? Did I say figure
1: skating? He's Not a bobsledder not mean- either. You know what he did? He's cross country
0: skiing. So okay. That's that's it. Yeah. So the, yeah. The, the the oily Tongan will be there. I believe he'll have a shirt on this time, but I feel like he shouldn't. If he really the wants to keep it up.
1: Oily Tongan. Yes. <laughs> what was he in the winter summer Olympics? Didn't he fucking
0: um, just, wasn't he Russian
1: or some shit? What did he? Do? I don't remember. I don't remember. A wrestler, name. judo, judo I guy. I thought he was.
0: I thought he was a wrestler, but right? I could I could be wrong.
1: Whatever it was, he probably stunk, right?
0: No, he was terrible. Nobody cared. No, he was just, no, it just, he was just oily and, and in good shape. No one ever does well for those yeah.
1: small islands. It's like. It's like Jeff Cobb finishing, like, 38th in wrestling, you know, for Guam a million years ago or whatever it was. Well, I had
0: like, at work, I had in a, a former Olympian uh, said that she used our equipment or whatever, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. She was, like, a diver, and I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I look up, and she had been in four Olympics, and I'm like, oh, here we go. This will be awesome. And she was, like, finished, like, 58th. You know what I mean? Like, right. she was from Malaysia, and I'm like, yeah, I don't remember any Malaysian divers really ever being good. And it's like, you know, I could promote it, but do you really want to promote, like, hey, we helped her finish, like, 80th and... Yeah, it's like uh, the Olympics. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, they just had to invite her, and she came.
1: So, you buried the best diver in Malaysia. I know. I I
0: feel sorry, and she's an elite Um, diver. You know, better diver than anyone I've ever you know dove with. As 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 Joe, you, I know you. You and I are both uh, expert divers, so we can definitely speak. Expert
1: divers. Well, that's the thing. See, that's the thing about the Olympics. Like, she's obvious. She's the best diver in Malaysia. But she'd probably get beat at any decent high school meet in the United States, right? You know what I mean? Like it. That, so the Olympics, you do get. And look, that's fine. I, I understand. It's a celebration of the world, and you want to get the best athletes from each of these countries. That's I, I understand that totally. But you do get some. Look, so, I mean. Another one. Look at Mark Henry, World's Strongest Man. did he finish 19th <laughs> in his week? In his I, always week
0: got, I always got really upset as a kid when they would call him the World's Strongest Man. I'm like, A, that's like factually incorrect, even in the time when you could have, like even in 1996, you could not have called him the World's Strongest Man. But then they kept calling him the World's Strongest He, he got it like, like like forever for 20 years later. Yeah. Like, you don't get it in perpetuity, and it's like he didn't even get it in the first place. He wasn't ever the world's strongest man. I think he set some weird re- record and some weird lift or something like that, and they kind of went with that. but they ran with it. It was like 2009, and they're like, wow, world's strongest man. Like, no, in 1996, he was 19th among, you know, no, he's not the world's strongest <laughs> man.
1: At best, he was the world's nineteenth <laughs> strongest. Man. Right, yes, but
0: twenty years <laughs> ago,
1: <laughs> that's not the best pro wrestling moniker. You know, they can't have him come out and say, "And here's Mark Henry, a pretty strong guy." Yeah, you know, he's got it. You know, so I understand why they do it, but I think I think the Tongan fella, the oily Tongan, who a lot of the women enjoyed with the shirt wasn't that his gimmick? He was like yeah, Oh shot. yeah yeah.
0: I, I you know it's you know got me going a little bit too. He's he's uh, very so, only, very in shape man. I mean, it was it was, it was
1: good My god, here. Rich, simmer down over there. But right. uh you know, I I believe uh he's doing he's doing cross I don't remember his summer event, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up
0: right now. It's pizza. Nicolas uh Tafetua, I'm not even going to say it, but whatever.
1: He uh he's doing cross country skiing. Now, what I wanted to say about that was that doesn't say much for cross country skiing where Someone who never did it before, who is an athlete in another sport, can just train for like three years because you figure he had to qualify a year ago, right? You don't qualify a week before the Olympics. Started. Yeah, I'm
0: looking at the background here. In December 2016, he posted a video announcing his plans to train and compete in cross-country skiing. He was uh, oh taekwondo. He was taekwondo before. That. I knew so it December was some kind of. Fight. 2016. He decides. You know what? Cross-country skiing sounds good. So <laughs> now- it
1: took him like a year. <laughs> To be an Olympic caliber cross country skier, now good for him. I have I'm, I'm nothing against this man. Okay, he's obviously ten times the athlete I'll ever be. My issue here is with the difficulty of cross country skiing. If you can train for a year and qualify for the Olympics, I have lost a lot of respect for cross country skiing. For the, the hardcore
0: cross country skiers, well, you have to watch. You have to see what the competition's like because it it maybe maybe it's a thing where like it, you, you can. You know, the elite of the elite are, like, so much better than the others, and everybody else kind of, like, sucks and just acts like some random dude. at your You know, like, you like, you know what I mean? Like the, the, that you top, you- like, the top five are fucking awesome, and they're great at yeah. it, and everybody else just kind of sucks.
1: Well, if he finishes, like, 70th, and he's not a real contender, and it's one of those deals where he qualified because his other qualifying pool was other people from Samoa and Tonga and all these other people who are terrible at cross-country skiing – all right, well then he's just the gimmick competitor. Yeah, you know what? I don't like think he's really home. good at,
0: um, I'm looking at this. I don't think he's very good at Taekwondo either. He lost to an Iranian man, uh, 16 to one in the first round and was eliminated. And that was it. Yeah.
1: See, that's what I'm saying. Like,
0: <laughs> so I think he just like, is in enough shape and is enough of a good athlete that he can get into these things. But he's then like... basically, here's what it is, rich. He's better than uh, he's
1: better at everything than everyone else from Tonga. Okay? <laughs> right. So it's like, he's, he's like, he's the fucking, you know what he is? He's the gym class bully in Tonga, is what he is. He's just better than everyone else at every sport in fucking Tonga, so he can he can probably qualify for pretty much any Olympic activity he wanted to, and he chose cross country skiing. You know, maybe he I did some research. Tong-
0: I mean, there's 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 a, a number of uh, Tongans in in pro wrestling history that could should have been doing this instead of pro wrestling. Are you kidding? I think they make money. Don't do this. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but now I'm wondering. You know, if if it was this easy for uh, El Pita to do this, then I don't know. I mean, what the the, the great lineage of Tongan wrestlers, and you know, they're all are all wasted, wasted away in this wrestling business.
1: I mean, he lost sixteen to one in the first round. I mean, you know, guy, I I don't, I don't know where elite. Uh, taekwondo people. I don't even know what, you, what. do you call a guy who practices taekwondo? A taekwondo. Oh, you're asking
0: the wrong guy. You're asking the absolute wrong person. But like, it's not whatever you're about to say. Whatever, whatever you're about to say, I promise it's not what it is. <laughs> whatever, wherever your top taekwondo. Are you just know, a taekwondo like, practitioner? Is it one of those? I don't think. I don't think you add another. I could be wrong. Well,
1: like judo guys are judokas, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is a taekwondo guy? What do you call him? I, a I, a, a, to- a taekwondoite or a. Uh, 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 right
0: here, uh, per Wikipedia, it says Pita da, 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 whatever is a Tongan taekwondo practitioner.
1: Okay, there you go, and skier. from so, Australia.
0: so they just they just they, they skip all the weird words and all that, and just say skier and and practitioner for that. So,
1: I, so what happens at the Olympics is whether it's taekwondo or you know your Malaysian diver or cross country skiing or even something like the hundred meter dash, you do have the best of the best there, but there's a lot of scrubs too because it's just really inclusive at the Olympics. You know, so, um, you know, he end up with the shirtless Tongan guy who's yeah, going to go out there and
0: embarrass himself in cross country skiing. I think he's just got a lot of time, or he's just kind of a, a workhorse because he, he has an engineering degree and he's currently working on his master's degree as well. So it's Listen, uh, per, sounds like He's also been a model. He's been a model since he was eighteen. So, ladies, if you're looking for a guy who's got it all together, Olympian, master's the, degree,
1: shabs. Hmm. Uh. The, this uh, this shirtless Tongan. I mean. You definitely introduce him to your sister. You know, like he just seems like a very well-rounded, intelligent, uh, driven man. But he's sir. I would I, he look. He's a gimmick Olympian. But you know, <laughs> aren't those the fun stories though? Do you remember Eddie oh, the certainly, Eagle, yeah. the fucking ski jumper from England, Eddie the Eagle? Do you remember him? Or is oh that yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, he no, was terrible. I, I, it
0: wasn't for my time, but yeah, I do remember him. Yeah, and he was he was horrible. <laughs>
1: he was the shit. You know, he's like blind was his gimmick. Like, and he. <laughs> You know, he was finishing like 40 feet behind the people who were meddling. Like, it was a joke, but you know. But I bet you, you don't – do you remember who won the gold medal that year? Oh, no, yeah. You no, remember,
0: hell no. You know Eddie the Eagle, yeah.
1: You remember Eddie the Eagle, though? You'll remember this fucking sh- – you'll be talking about this shirtless Tongan on this show 20 years from now. And yes, you will be doing this show 20 years from <laughs> oh, now. Oh, certainly, yeah.
0: But you won't you, – Are you bad or what's going on here? What, there's
1: no fucking shot you'll be talking about that Iranian who beat him 16 to 1 – or whatever dope wins the cross country skiing next week, but you'll remember this shirtless Tongan. So, in fact, I think someone should book him for pro wrestling. He should. This, he's
0: so. t- he's probably great at it too. I mean, being being, I I think he's actually from Australia, but um, I don't know. There's some weird thing. I think his mother is a Tongan descent or whatever. So, oh, that's what he, I,
1: he's not even a he's a gimmick right. Tongan. So he's, a,
0: he's, a, he's a gimmick Tongan too. That I'm now he that I'm looking this even, up. So so he found out that his mom was from there and was like, oh, that's a cool. That's like a country that I could definitely go to. The I'm, starting to
1: for, so. you know I'm starting <laughs> oh, to hate this guy. You know why I'm starting to hate this guy? i
0: just a, a, a you know kind of a gimmick overachiever.
1: i um, no. This is why I'm turning on the shirtless Tongan. He knew he couldn't qualify for these sports in Australia because Australia, oh, no. yeah, has no. got their shit together. You know they've got some good athletes in Australia. He's he so he had to like cheat and use his heritage. And just beat up on the fucking what's the what's the population of Tonga about nine thousand okay so he, he qualifies for these events in Tonga where it's easy you know what I believe we're also of?
0: the biggest podcast in Tonga too which is pretty incredible so.
1: I think we are this reminds me of the World Baseball Classic where the, <laughs> the as, Italians the Italians with Mike Piazza who's never been with Italy in his life. <laughs> And then the hey, other geez. one that annoys me, yes, the Israeli team, which is just Jewish Major League Baseball players. Brian <laughs>
0: Broad, yes, yes, I am
1: from Israel. <laughs> well, Jason Marquis taking the hill for
0: Israel. Just they were great last year. Though. That you. team was incredible. That was that was an awesome team. I always
1: I root mean. for them. You know why I root for the Israeli team? Because I know the players. Like I'm like, hey, that's Jason Marquis. That's
0: just a Major League team. Yeah, I really like yeah. like that. My favorite thing. I went to World Baseball Classic um, when I was in San Francisco because they were there. Uh, the, the one of the years I was, and one of the awesome things to see was the team Netherlands. Cause you think of the Netherlands and I'm like, Oh, here we go. It's going to be like these six foot seven, you know, blonde hair guys like Ohm Vernds or like Hans Vernden Gump or whatever would be pitching or whatever. And then it's just all these guys from like these random Caribbean islands. And I'm like, Oh, yeah that's not
1: fun. They're from the but there was enough. Phillies. It's all the major leaguers like Jonathan Scope and people. Yeah, like right. That. And it was like, yeah. yeah, it
0: was like Pedro Soraka. and then and, and yeah. uh I forgot who the other. I was like, oh man, but like the cool yeah. thing was they still like their bullpen was all those guys. Like all just like right. random. But like the actual position players were just all like dudes from random, like Curacao and and random ass yeah. islands that you don't even know about. But are that are
1: Nether they're Netherlands territories. <laughs> right. I'm like, but oh that's, that's dumb. but that's less cheating than this Tongan guy who from Australia and the Jewish guys who play for Israel and Mike Piazza playing for Italy. I'm sorry, that's bullshit. Uh,
0: so, yeah. per the 2011 census, there is 103,000 people that live in Tonga. So,
1: oh Jesus Christ, there's more people in, in College Station, Texas. <laughs> right? That would be like me, Rich. Don't you think if College No, State, you're not the best. College, you're not if, even
0: one of the best if, athletes in anything. Well, no, hear
1: me out. Hear me out. Okay. If College Station, Texas, was allowed to have Olympic entries. Don't you think I could pick a sport and qualify in something? <laughs> I mean, I've got to be the best something in College Station, Texas, especially if I spent the year training in it. Who else is cross-country skiing in College Station, Texas? I bet you less people at are. Cro- Who's cross-country skiing in Tonga? You know, you got to look at it from that perspective. So this is bullshit. I'm rooting against this guy now. I hope. Oh, he's right.
0: I've turned. I've turned you on.
1: <laughs> I have turned heel on the shirtless Tongan. If he would have qualified from Australia, I'd have a lot more respect for him because there's actual competition there. I don't like this. I don't like he's a cheater.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going through the and, list of, uh, of things now. I'm trying to figure out what you could do. So, um, so this is good. Winter, I'm, like, shoot
1: off the ice. That's
0: one thing I don't want. Oh, so do you don't it. want the winter. Okay, so there's I, I, I got him here. There's not too many of them. We got Alpine Skiing. Any chance of nah, that? No, I, I know I'd be a terrible skier. Yeah, biathlon. There's no chance in hell you're doing biathlon. No,
1: that those are real athlete Well, wait yeah, a minute. Isn't a... the biathlon like shooting a gun? And then <laughs>
0: I think that's the we have to shoot at some point too. Which you are definitely not the best shooter in anywhere near college. Yeah, but here's the thing literally about- be the worst shooter in College Station, Texas.
1: Oh yeah, I, that'd be horrible because everyone does that here. Yeah. But. Anyone can learn to shoot a gun. I but mean, I think no, such- that's, but you also
0: that's just like ski downhill and then shoot a target while you're skiing or whatever. Yeah. That's there's a
1: myself if I did that. That's yeah. Right. Uh,
0: bobsled. I feel like you might be all right at bobsled.
1: Listen, if the Jamaicans can put a gimmick <laughs> team in the bobsled, don't you think I could find like, don't you, yeah, think you I can find drag- two
0: other people? Like there could be two that's other it. really yeah. good. And then you just have to be the third wheel, which is not hard. Like you gotta be the guy that sits in there and, and dies when the thing goes haywire or whatever. That's. I think
1: bad. I can drag you down here. And like a sprinter on the A and M track team and the three of us can do the bobsled, right? I think we can qualify for uh,
0: the aforementioned cross country skiing. That that's a possibility there.
1: I think anyone can learn to do I honestly think if you're just in good shape, you can you can train and be good at that. Look, look at the Tongan. I yeah. mean, there's a good example.
0: Uh curling is a great one too. I think you could you could definitely
1: I need to do for like a year get ready for
0: curling. I, I think it, it's fun, but like I think that's one that you can you can you could do if you needed to.
1: Look, the Canadians are going to get mad at us, but I've got the curling on right now on NBC Sportsnet, and you know why? I know I could qualify for the curling if it was limited to College Station, Texas,
0: because they're all because chubby if you, dudes.
1: If you look at the curlers, they look like bowlers which yeah,
0: means just just... chubby like middle-aged men and you don't chubby, have to be middle-aged women yeah it's just
1: yeah it's just it's a skill it's not an athletics yeah. it's just a sk- it's like throwing darts or
0: bowling anyone can be good i had a guy i used to work with that was a big curler and like all they would do is just get drunk they just get hammered and like go and then like he got really good at it after like two years of playing because it's just like you know you just get drunk and and show up so. it'd be
1: like if horseshoes was an olympic event
0: anyone <laughs>
1: could get Good at throwing horseshoes. Yeah,
0: if that's like, all you do, if you just curl every day, you could you could probably figure it out eventually.
1: Are you familiar with bocce? An Italian, oh, yes, lawn? yes, yes, yeah. Very, like very anyone smart. could get good at bocce. You know bocce, right? Lawn darts. That's the. Yeah, that's another one. Like it's it's all the same shit. Croquet. These are,
0: croquet. Yeah, I could I could be great at croquet if I just and, actually and like you said, these
1: are these are games people are good at when they're drunk. Yeah, right, know? right. So like, you know, so. All right. I mean, we could shit on Olympic athletes all night. I love doing this. I mean, it's fantastic. You know, now that we've shit on on Olympic athletes, who realistically would probably, you know, perform circle this this, this shirtless Tongan would probably destroy me in any athletic endeavor. But. I have no problem shitting on him because I I do think he's a dirty yeah. cheater. I went through the
0: other ones and there's you have no chance in any of the others. There's snowboarding, ski jumping, the skeleton. The skeleton's fucking nuts. That's like the thing where you the have skeleton like is a, a piece of crazy shit. ass. Fuck. You have like a uh, yeah, you yeah. have like a fucking piece of sheet metal. And you're going down like these giant like seven like seventy miles per hour down a hill or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm good skeleton.
1: At that. You could legitimately die.
0: Yeah, it's- at any given moment. Short track speed skating. There's no way you gotta be close no, to no. people. That, I, I, I
1: love the speed skate. No, that one's awesome. Yeah. I have the ultimate respect for that. And the other thing about the speed skating, not only do you have to be a great athlete and be awesome at that, but once one of what, the slightest mistake and four years of training is down the drain because yeah. those people just fall all the time. Right. Because
0: if you sneeze cold. or have an itch, you're done. Like it's over. <laughs> or if know?
1: someone's skate hits you and you fall. Right, yeah.
0: It's like, yeah, you have to all be in line and all have to know where everybody is and all, and all that. Yeah. You can't, you can't bump into somebody just a little bit and kind of recover. You're done. It's over. And, yeah. and you're Ah, uh, the luge. There's no chance you're doing. That's where you you know it's okay. it's the opposite of the skeleton. You and you sit back first on the piece of sheet metal and go down a hill, a thousand right. miles per hour. Uh long trek, speed skating, ice hockey. Yeah, you're not doing that. Freestyle skiing, you're not doing that. And you're certainly not doing figure skating. You are not Yuri on ice at all. So
1: I might be able to do the figure skating. I could be. No, you
0: uh, cannot. Uh, no, yeah. no, you.
1: you don't do the. You don't think I can learn the figure skating. I don't think you could. But put on a little leotard, right? They wear that. It it. They wear a leotard, right?
0: I don't oh know no! They wear like a no, loose they were like pants. pants. They were like yeah, they were like bell-bottom pants. Bottom pant, yeah, yeah right? it's always like bell Bell-bottoms bell yeah, like just, a long-sleeve yeah. button-up or whatever. Bell-bottom like, right? with sequins, you know? Yeah.
1: I don't know if that's my look, but no, uh,
0: I don't think you could pull off the, the.
1: I think I could do the cross-country skiing, and I can do the uh, the ski jump because if if blind Eddie the
0: Eagle. Do it. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I guess can't... that's true. You're not trying to actually. W- You're just trying to be like the 80th best in, in this. That's thing, I'm,
1: all I'm. All I want to do is I. All I'm saying is I could qualify. Right. You know, like your Malaysian diver and this dope from Australia who claims he's Samoan. That's all I'm saying.
0: And <laughs> I think Rich. He never said he was Samoan. He said he was Tongan, sir.
1: Oh, yeah. The dopey Tongan. who The fake dopey Tongan. Yeah. yeah and you really no. turned
0: on this guy like eight minutes ago. We were all no, in I'm, pizza, I'm fucking annoyed. But yeah. You're done with him. Yeah. You've yeah. really turned the corner here. All right. Let's talk about some wrestling here. Uh Today, we got some good stuff to talk about. We got 205 Live, the Reborn. Talk a little bit about what's been going on with 205 Live, some changes a uh, foot at the old two of five live. We got uh, match of the year. We're going to wrap up our match of the year. Talk about our ballots. Uh, react to the uh, results and what happened with that uh, new japan pro wrestling got the new beginning in osaka show coming up this weekend we're gonna preview that and then also some all japan here all, all japan had a really good yokohama show uh really good you know a lot of stuff going on in all japan so we definitely want to talk about that the champion carnival lineup uh coming up in april so a lot of good stuff there and then i'm sure there'll be some uh some odds and ends along the way but we did want to start out here with the 205 live we're calling it 205 live of the reborn that's kind of taking over a, a new thing off the uh pro uh, pro wrestling noah the reborn last year when Noah kind of got things together and got back on track. Then 205 Live. If you have not been watching the last two weeks of 205 Live, and I, I, d- I finally dove in again because people are like, You got to see this, you got to see this. This is a night and day show, and now we kind of know why it is as well.
1: Yeah, so um, we actually were tipped off to this a few days ahead of time and we're hoping to talk about it on the show, but now the news has broken widespread. But uh, essentially, Vince McMahon is no longer overseeing the show. Um, I would assume. I don't know if you've read anything different than I have, but I haven't really seen a reason. I suspect he just got bored with it. Um, You know, he's got a lot going on. He's trying to get this football league off the ground.
0: Dave, Dave, in in this week's Observer kind of mentioned the XFL as being a part of it, but never gave that as an official reason that Vince kind of said. And and I think it was a little bit A, a little bit of B. It's like, hey, look, I got a lot on my plate and I don't really give a shit about this thing anymore. Or he could have recognized that, hey, whatever I'm doing is not working. Oh, I mean, please! But I, we know that that you know we know the third is probably not happening. So he was either too busy or too bored, or maybe a combination of the two. I, I well, we, I'm, I'm guessing the third option was not uh, that he said, "Ah, you know what? I'm just not the man for this job." So we've seen this pattern play out
1: with when they brought back superstars. What year was that? 2010 or 2011? Yeah, 2010, maybe?
0: 2011, somewhere in there. Whenever
1: they brought back superstars, it was. It started off as a one-hour show that featured one match from Raw, one match from SmackDown, and had big stars on it. And there was a lot of focus on it. And then eventually Vince got bored and stopped paying attention to superstars. And away we go. 2009,
0: sorry, 2009, April 2009 2009 is when it came back.
1: Main event, same thing. They roll out main event. Uh, Vince is paying close attention to it. He's got his hands on it. And then eventually he washed his hands of main event. I think you're sort of seeing the same thing here. I I think that he just, you know, he's a busy guy with a lot on his plate. And, um, you know, I think he he just got bored of it. So um, that's just my speculation. At any rate, Triple H is now overseeing the show. And his fingerprints are obviously all over it. Uh, The Cruiserweight classic style presentation that we have been screaming about for the last almost year and a half that this show has existed has now taken hold. And there have been a lot of changes. Uh, when I saw that they were going to have a uh, general manager, are they calling it a general manager? Or is that uh, he is
0: officially it? yes. He is officially a general manager. I I rolled at that initially too, but it ended up actually yeah. being pretty good. <laughs> in all yeah.
1: When I saw that they were going to have an authority figure, I just thought, well, you know, i this is going down a wrong path. But it's it's more mm-hmm. of a a William Regal style authority figure uh, that you see in NXT rather than. Uh, at least to this point it's only been 2 weeks but with with Triple H's track record with NXT i don't think we're going to get a authority figure who's heavily involved in the storylines and 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 being a heel or being all these sorts of things with Spud i think we're going to get a William Regal style one where they really only make their presence felt to fill in storyline holes and explain why certain things are
0: happening. Right, like the old school, like what we what, yeah. what a lot of us grew up on with the Jack Tunney types and the uh, even later the Gorilla Monsoons or whatever. They don't really interject themselves too much. They just show up when they need to, or they show up every week and they just try to get things on track. Whereas like Kurt Angle's fucking stuff up left and right, and Dan O'Brien and Shake McMahon are fighting over power and, all, and and trying to figure all this out. Drake Maverick or whatever, the former rock star spud, and, and to a lesser extent William Regal as well, they just kind of come – People say stuff and they go, okay, well, here's what's going to happen because I said so. And that's it. Like, there's not a debate. Yeah. People aren't beating them up. They're not in matches. They're not in storylines yeah. or whatever. It's just like, hey, that's the guy who's kind of running the show. And that's, unfortunately, for better or for worse, they've kind of taken that WWE in general has sort of, that's that's how they tell their stories now. And I think now we're seeing that when Triple H eventually does take over, that that's just going to be a thing that he always kind of keeps up. But he does it in a way that's not grating. Like, William Regal on NXT is fine i don't i would be fine if he wasn't there but he doesn't take away from the show he doesn't actively detract from the show in fact sometimes he enhances it and, and sometimes you need that straight-laced guy to kind of say hey here's my word and, and here's what we're gonna do and there we go or whatever which is pretty good so like you know you, a lot of times you'll have arguments between talents or whatever and in, in this case william regal is kind of the the the, the liaison it's just like all right look, look look here's what we're gonna do and that's it and then his word is bond and then everybody goes with that Whereas on yeah. Raw and on SmackDown, it's always this power struggle. There's always, you know, this guy fighting with this guy. The, the general manager's favoring this group. The general manager's a heel. General manager's a babyface or whatever. William Riggle's just a guy. You know, he just shows up, does what's best for the, the company, or does what what's best for the brand, and then moves on. He doesn't play sides. He doesn't play favorites. He just wants, you know, order. And that's, that's a and what, what, what Tunney was and, and what many guys were before it became, you know, sort of the thing to do to have the, the general manager or the, the person running the show always being the shit and always causing uh, an uproar or whatever.
1: Yeah. Even if he dislikes the heels, he's fair. Even if he has to grit his teeth and be fair to a heel or whatever, uh, you know, that's what William Regal will do. That's so a new do...
0: noise, Joe. It's not your dog. barking
1: anymore. Oh, a... you hear it. You hear a, uh, a child. <laughs> that's
0: the domesticated Joe lands of noise right there. No dogs, yeah. but he's screaming child. So.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going on down there. <laughs>
0: You heard that before I did. Clearly a better father. That's, do you need to take care of that or what?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my problem. I don't have to do anything. Uh, we could just carry on with this two. All right, let's do two, it. Five yeah, live cool. conversation. Um, yeah, so we saw you know, Spud in that role. I guess he's known as, uh, what's his Drake porn name? Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick. So he's got like a, uh, a soap opera name, uh, soap opera slash porn name uh so one of the things
0: i love is that people just um and it doesn't happen as much anymore but it always happened back in the fcw days or whatever where when a guy would get a new name it was just you always had to hate the new name you always had to say oh why is he this or always better is this but like and i saw people doing this with drake maverick drake maverick his name is rockstar spud you know what i mean like drake maverick's fine it's rockstar spud
1: is not a good name no Um,
0: there's there's some names that are like like i even got that to a lesser extent with chris hero like I like Chris Hero because yeah. I was used to it, but I got when they were like, let's call him something that's not Chris Hero. But I was definitely but one of those the people thing. in 2011 that was like, oh come on, how do you call him something else? Like,
1: yeah, but I mean, Cassius Ono is a terrible
0: name too. No, it's I don't like, wasn't like it was better, but it was like Chris Hero is not a great name either. Especially here's when, the thing
1: about the names, though:
0: if you get used to any name, Dolph Ziggler has been, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, is my it, end game example. There was a man named Dolph Ziggler who has wrestled there for a decade plus now.
1: You know, I mean, there are some names that stink but eventually you get used to any name it's but but i don't think drake maverick is a good name it's 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 a cheesy name but you'll get used to it i mean if you got used to rockstar spud you know, the only reason we didn't think rockstar spud was a weird name is because that's what we've been calling them for 10 years exactly right it's, you're going to get used to it you know um you know people were chanting spud when they brought him out which was a bit surprising i mean you know it's it's you know it, TNA during the Rockstar Spud era was doing, you know, not even close. Well, was he there at the tail end of the 2.1 million era? I don't know. I don't remember.
0: I forgot um, when he came in. Um, but you know, yeah, I don't remember when he came in exactly.
1: But yeah, so he's he's calls it down the middle, and he is a cruiserweight wrestler. Uh, at some point, um, I suppose he can get involved as a wrestler. Uh, but from what we were told um they were the company was pretty stunned at how tiny he was so maybe they think he's even too small for those purposes um so who knows but he's he look the first 2 weeks he's doing a great job he's he's he we know he's a great talker his promos have been excellent um he gets his point across he's 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 good at that role you know and that is a role where i agree if you have a good person in that role i think the role is a net positive if you have an average person or a shitty person in that role, I rather just have a non-identified behind-the-scenes figure that's never identified. You know what I mean? I rather just have the announcer say, the championship committee has deemed,
0: you know, I'd rather yeah, I'm that right. with that. Yeah, and I, I've always argued to people too, because everybody, and there's people, there's a whole generation of people that I totally understand that, that came up with that has to be a thing that there has to be somebody running the show. And it's like, no, there, there, there does this, it just, it just can happen. Yeah. Things can just matches could just be made, but, but I get it now there. I mean, we are in a God, the Mr. McMahon character is, is, you know, 1990, late 97, really, you know, mid 97 or whatever. And, and before that, even you have, uh you, you know Roddy Piper as the commissioner and Gorilla Monsoon and even like the guy I mentioned earlier Jack Tunney or whatever so it's really been since like basically 1991 that there's always been somebody and even in the nicer yeah. days you had J.J. Dillon or that was running the show and then it became Flair and, and all those you know random things but you have to go I mean you really have to go back 97 for the character to be a really over the top one and then 1991 for there to always just be that person there that could sort of set yeah. the rules when it was needed but pretty much since 1997 98 it's been like every night that guy has to make the matches and do everything
1: yeah it not not just make the matches and make decisions but a constant presence on the show right? and be
0: involved in everything be involved in almost every story as well and, and, and we, you know
1: we can remember wrestling before that but a lot of people like you're saying do not even have that frame of reference which is kind of a shame um but yeah but no i have no problem with spud slash drake maverick he's doing a good job Um, you know, it's also, they kind of press the reset button. So, you know, with, with the, with the, the show in limbo for a couple of weeks there, it it seems like it, it might be good to have someone in this role to sort of bring law and order back to things and, and, and set the new direction. And that new direction is, you know, with Triple H as the showrunner, so to speak, is, uh, is a more Cruiserweight classic style presentation, which is what we have been screaming about. And shockingly rich, shockingly. The show has been fucking awesome for two right. weeks.
0: It's been okay. awesome. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's been a, th- a theme with the show as well, is that anytime Vince McMahon gets away from something and we've we said it from the yes. day one. And again, like this is our opinion. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you don't have to like Vince McMahon things and he's ruining your childhood and all that. And then your childhood has been ruined and I'm saying your child, whatever. I'm just saying our opinion, as far as this show has been, is that the second Vince McMahon touches something, it becomes worse, and when he lets his hands away from it or he goes away from something, it's almost always better, and this is yet another example of that. NXT is a running example of that. He doesn't
1: have
0: barely a, 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 any part of that, and it's consistently fantastic. We're seeing it from 205 Live. Yeah. We saw what the 205 Live under Vince was, and now we're seeing the last two weeks under you know Triple H, and you'd yeah. be, I think you'd be actually uh, an absolute lunatic to choose the old 205 Live over what we're getting right now. Nobody's lunatic. Be nuts. Yeah,
1: and I mean I haven't checked the network top tens yet. I'm gonna give it a call. Yeah,
0: I don't know if it's gonna be successful. I mean, I don't know. No, but I don't know that. all I, 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 I know I think think is that I'm, I'm I'm that, 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 I'm that I'm enjoying it more. And the target audience that they were trying to go at for the show is all enjoying more. it way more. We could just see it from from our mentions, we could see it from from traffic and all that sort of stuff. That the target audience that's supposed to be watching this show is loving the new direction. Whether or not that reflects in ratings, we'll see.
1: Well here's well here well, here's why. And I know we've talked about this, but here's why. I don't know if I necessarily agree with your target audience. Um Uh, thing and I'm, i'm gonna attack it from this perspective when vince was running the show i think his target audience was the raw and smackdown audience and the thing about it is the reason i thought the show was a failure is the people who watch raw and smackdown the last thing they wanted or needed was a sixth hour of the same shit that was specifically on the network and i think that with 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 you know with with a, a batch of people who were brand new to the company that that mm-hmm. you know didn't have any stock behind them, with those sorts of fans, so they didn't watch. So the only people that were watching this show were hardcore fans who wanted it to be something else. Because the fans that Vince was chasing had no time for another show, so they weren't watching it. And and so we were all watching it. And when I say we, the type of people who would listen to this podcast, and me and you, and we were hate watching it. Because we we knew it was capable of being so much better because of the Cruiserweight Classic. I don't think your average Raw viewer watched a second of the Cruiserweight Classic. You know? And, and I think 205 Live was just supposed to be, you know, this sub-brand of the same old shit. Uh, that they did on the main roster. And it, it failed. It failed miserably and fell on its face. That uh, it does reach a saturation point where you can only give people look, it, it, it's it's diminishing returns, less people watch SmackDown than watch Raw and less people are going to watch something on the network that's built in the same ilk, than watch SmackDown, you know, and less people are going to turn on Facebook Live to watch Mixed Match Challenge. I mean, it's just going to cycle downward. So, you know, uh, you know you, you put triple h in control of the show and now we're going to see because listen i've always said rich rich i've always said this company is so big so vast and has so many people under contract that there is no reason that they can't give the hardcore wrestling nerd the voices of wrestling listener type fan they they can give that kind of fan they can throw them a bone and give them an hour a week that's that's specifically catered to them because they're big enough to be able to do that and now they're doing it And now what we're going to find out is now that they're giving an hour a week to us, the wrestling nerd who wants to see good matches and doesn't need crazy storylines surrounding them. The only stories that we need are Roderick Strong thinks he's better than Kenta, and Kenta thinks he's better than Roderick Strong, and let's see what happens, okay, And, and, and personality profiles and those sorts of things. Now we'll see how many of us there are. Because if this show consistently you know, starts popping in the top 10 on the network and, and, and gets some buzz and better reactions when the people show up on Raw and better reactions um, you know, for the 205 last shows themselves, which I think we're starting to see, and we'll get into that in a minute, then it will prove that we were right all along that it was worthwhile to try that instead of doing the same old shit and just doing little guy Raw.
0: Which yeah, and stylistically, nice I mean, aside from the stories and how people are being built up and the characters and and, and you know real life personas kind of coming to the forefront, which is incredible, and it, it's exactly what we thought would you know sort of happen once we 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 heard that Triple H has taken over, or it sort of reaffirmed what we were thinking. We we're like, oh, hey, wait a minute, two or five lives starting to kind of feel a lot like you know NXT in some ways, mostly for the good, and and, and you know then we come to find out Triple H has got his fingerprints on it, which is absolutely what he's going to do, and that's why I'm pretty confident um, in whatever be, whatever happens when if and when he does take over. Is that, you know, seeing what he does in NXT, and I, I don't know if it's transferable to a three-hour Raw or whatever, but the character development already in those first two weeks of 205 Live that we've seen, and, and particularly last week, I thought was just awesome. Like, everybody felt more organic, everybody felt like real human beings, and you said the stories were Roger Strong thinks he's better than Hideo Itami, Hideo Itami thinks he's better than Roger Strong, The you, you know, uh, Lindsay Dorado and Kalisto, they're friends, but hey, look... The title's on the line. You know, let's see who's better. And they just go out there and, and have a match to try to figure out who's better. It wasn't a love triangle. There wasn't Rich Swan is 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 smitten with someone and Cedric Alexander's got to take... You know, it wasn't any of that shit. There wasn't clowns. There wasn't, you know, th- th- there wasn't any of that shit. And the style, too. And that's really what I wanted to get to is the wrestling style, the in-ring style. One of the big issues of Five Live from the minute we saw it was... Why are these guys working like fucking you know they're working like gigantic and, and, and gigantic men and they're, they're doing rest holds and they're doing commercial break rest holds and they're they're, they're not given a, a platform to really work a high-flying style or whatever, and that was always an issue, especially when you watch Raw and you watch SmackDown and you watch the pay-per-views, and like, well, hell, Seth Rollins is doing more, way more incredible stuff. Kevin Owens is doing way more incredible stuff. Sami Zayn is doing incredible stuff. AJ just, is doing incredible stuff. If you want to have these guys stand out in any way, the way to do it wasn't to have them work like a very slow, methodical, grounded, you know, wrestling style, but that's exactly what they did. They had these guys that were awesome high-flyers and, and could do incredible stuff, and and people told us, well, you know, guys on the main roster are doing incredible stuff, or whatever bullshit watch watch last six 205 live the things that Lindsay dorado and calisto were doing are leaps and bounds better than what what your your run-of-the-mill seth rollins and all that sort of stuff is doing yes there was like the botch there was little things here and there but those guys are still incredible there's a reason it's, why it's not, a ricochet stood out on the indies when it's not about the
1: mo- it's not just about the moves though it's about the style of the work and the style of the matches the last yeah, exactly right the last two weeks on 205 live they're going out there and having the cruiseway classic style matches which are which let's face it they're indie style matches they're indie style main events is what they're going out there and doing um you know, you right. know it's like, not
0: about throwing in a tope every five minutes or whatever or right. doing you know, I mean, that that's one thing but it's like yeah working a frenetic fast-paced style or whatever which is what we've always thought well why the hell aren't they doing this with this roster or whatever well now they're doing it and you're seeing the results right there you saw some great matches you know last the last two weeks have been incredible matches and and really the hideo uh, tommy uh um roger strong one wasn't that you know everybody kind of has this idea of what they think the indie style is going to be you know, and it's high flyer that wasn't a high flyers match that was kind of a rough and tumble and it was
1: and it was methodical too
0: yeah it, right which, see, which, so, and you can do methodical and make it good they just got to yeah. lay it in a little bit more they have to it, Roderick strong's got to be Rod. he can't be guy that holds a side headlock for five minutes while they go to commercial that comes back it,
1: yeah you can't be roderick strong trying to work wwe house style he was just Roderick Strong working Roderick Strong yeah, style. Throwing backbreakers was,
0: and Kenta's throwing. I mean, Kenta's still got to, you know, he's it's just still. The stru-
1: it's the structures of the match. Right, I was right. watching that Roderick Strong Hideo Itami match and I was thinking to myself, this feels like they're having a match in Ring of Honor in 2007, mm-hmm. is what it felt like to me. As opposed to these Cruiser, these 205 live matches, I've never felt that way once they started the TV show. I felt like I was watching a junior version of Raw at all times. And um, you know, it, it was it it was so refresh. And then you know the other match, and they've only had two matches on each show, which is fine because the matches have time to breathe, okay. And the Lince Dorada uh, Callisto match was completely different. They were going out there, and and they had, you know, a a I w- what I would like to call a. United States indie style lucha match. Do you know what I mean by that? They're not doing traditional lucha, but they're right. It's like what what
0: I would see if I'm going to watch Phoenix versus whoever, you know what I mean? Like Phoenix versus Pentagon, you know, not not even that, not necessarily
1: Pentagon, but yeah, yeah, not
0: Pentagon, the the, the Phoenix versus whoever add in, you know, whatever. I've seen Phoenix a bunch bunch of guys, but I'm kind of,
1: Although uh, Callisto, when he was an indie guy, you yeah, know, and it's like, it's like, and, and those two matches were very different and they were very different from anything that we saw on 205 live previous. And they very closely mirrored what we saw on the cruiserweight classic the week before as well. I mean, that Tyler Bay, TJ Perkins match. I mean, I, TJ Perkins has just been on fire on this show and, and look, and look how much more interesting TJ Perkins is now. He's just like this bitter asshole who thinks he's better than he is. And uh, he's just, a di- instead of this, hey, dude, video so, game guy.
0: guess what? T.J. Or- Perkins is real life. Which is what? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I point. mean, that's what the original. He thinks he's better than he is. Cocky guy is is kind yeah. of TJ Perkins. It's, like it's that's him
1: turned up to eleven.
0: Yeah, right. And that's that's what it is. And that's the entire name of the game. And that's why he's so like, good. At he's at that it. one is to be in a funny guy. You know what I mean? Like not really necessarily a what they had him doing before. Where he was kind of a sideshow clown or whatever. But a guy that's you know willing to joke around or whatever. Kind of you know just just kind of walks around and and, and kind of says jokes to himself and kind of laughs and, and that's fine. You can do that, especially when the ring matches up. Roderick Strong. They played the personality piece where he's like. Hey, I came from a rough childhood, and wrestling's my outlet. Boom. The end. Okay, there you yeah. go. Like you and, made me care you about know what that. What I
1: thought was interesting, and you know what was interesting about that match is when it started, the crowd wasn't really into it because they didn't know who Strong was, and they worked this methodical match, which was probably the wrong style of match to work in front of a tired crowd who didn't know who one of the guys were. But by the end of that match, they're chanting, "This is awesome!" Mm-hmm. You know, it reminded me of the Cedric Alexander Mustafa Ali match a couple weeks ago during the Limbo week. When they let those two guys just go out and have a match, and the the crowd, and that tired ass crowd was going bonkers by the end of that match. It just go. This is what I'm saying. You're starting to see these SmackDown, these tired SmackDown crowds react to good action. These guys are winning them over in the ring, you know. So that's why I say, wait a couple weeks. You know, I love what they're doing with Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. They're just buds. You know, and, you know, one's going to turn on the other at some point because that's pro wrestling. Yeah,
0: like Cedric got a little annoyed, like Mustafa like butted in and he was like, ah, man, you know what I mean? Just like a little annoyed, not like, you know, yeah. I have to run you over in my car or whatever. But it's like, ah, dude, like just chill a little,
1: you know, but fine. there's no but see, but there's no subtlety hammer to it, right? It's just their buds. And, you know, it's coming because intellectually you've watched wrestling for a million years, but they're not hitting you over the head with it. You know, they're not making one guy so obnoxious that, you know, it's coming. You know, and if Vince was still running things, you know that's the direction it would be. And you would just be rolling your eyes because it's for the lowest common denominator. Vince's wrestling. I mean, he has to hit you over the head with things. So, I mean, the show has just been such a drastic improvement. The matches are starting to win over the crowd. You're starting to see people like Roderick Strong and Tyler Bate getting mixed in. And we've been... We've been uh so had some other names hinted at us that we're not gonna spoil for people that are gonna round out the tournament. I think people are gonna be very pleased. Um, you know, so uh you know, it, it's not that that's the other thing with the old 205 live. It was the same fucking twelve guys every week. And it's like
0: that And gets not old. the best guys on the roster either. Like you no. know Brian Kendrick whatever, which and Kendrick's fine, like you can utilize Kendrick. We saw in the Cruiserweight Classic, you can utilize him in a good way. But whatever they did and having him be the featured guy and the guy right off the bat that it was and we that knew and the thing. second you saw Brian Kendrick as the featured guy, you knew this is thing. He knows who yep. he knows who Kendrick is. So he's obviously gonna prefer him over any of these other geeks that he has no idea who they are, and that you knew that the second Brian Kendrick was in front front and center that it was going to be a disaster and it was a disaster from day one people try to convince themselves oh this week was good or oh hey you know 255 was awesome this week maybe we good next week and it never was (laughs) you know what i mean like people really people really wanted to like it they really did and people gave it a lot of patience and there'd be those weeks where, oh no rich you gotta watch this week and it was like i have no investment in the characters i have no investment in the development even if it was a good week why why bother you know what i mean why even bother watching the week if there's nothing to be invested in I cannot wait for next week's show because I want to see how I the know. tournament goes. And, and tournaments are a great way to do it as well. And that's something that, that you know, they have sort of let their guard down a little bit, WWE, because for so long they never did the tournaments. They ever – ne- Vince hated them for whatever reason. They're starting to let their guard down a little bit. What we're seeing, though, is that Triple H loves them. and He does. He and loves them. the reason them. why because they're great stories. They're yes. super easy. Lince Dorado and Cleisto are friends. They happen to be in a tournament. Well, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, well, bygones be bygones. You know, guys want to win, and it always gives everybody a motivation. I want to get to that next step. Which is the next round of the tournament? I want to get that title. It's always there's always an eye on the prize. There's always you got, something. He
1: TJP saying, "I won the first one. I'm winning this one." And he's right. so, and he's so desperate, he holds the tights to beat Tyler Bate. You know, and right. it, it's that character over. And and yeah, it, it's such an easy storytelling device because you you don't have to reinvent. It's Brian Kendrick,
0: this it. is my life. If I lose this tournament, I might never wrestle again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to win this tournament for my you know for and, and my how, career. And how
1: much better was that than <laughs> the two five live? And he's dressing up like a clown. Right. All, it's you know, just, it's, 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 it's goofy shit. Now, things I hope to see and think we'll see. I want Jack Gallagher out of the street clothes. I don't want him out of the fucking street clothes and wrestling in fucking dress shoes. I just it's utterly ridiculous. Uh I think we're gonna see less of Aria Davari. Uh, you know, uh rich guy Aria Davari, which wasn't working. Um I'm I assure you he that, is not
0: one of my guys, he has me blocked from uh, for talking shit about him.
1: Did, did, remember oh,
0: he, uh, has re- and he has re- money, okay.
1: Do you remember at one point? There was Ariad Divari had wrestled more television matches than <laughs> we anybody did.
0: Else. We did a bit about a year or not even a, maybe not a year ago, obviously because the show. But yeah, a few six months. months into it or whatever. Yeah, we, we did it. He uh, had
1: wrestled more television matches than anyone else in the cruiserweight division. Ari, the worst guy, literally the worst guy. You know, because Vince and his fascination with pushing. Car- Here's the thing about pushing. Well, wrote- I think the other
0: thing too is he knew who he was because he knew his his brother
1: maybe he thought he was his brother.
0: You know what? It's probably a good chance that he did. Yes. But
1: the, this thing it's like and and all the reports I mean Vince was just he was more concerned with with getting character out of uh, characters out of these guys but he was approaching it in a 1980s way. And you, and you don't need – you can get – look, Roderick Strong's character is so much better when it's just the guy who came from a bad background than whatever goofy gimmick Vince was going to slap on
0: Yeah, it's Jay Perkins, I'm Another, a cocky, yes. so I'm, I'm a cocky person now. versus I play video games, dude. Like Bart yeah. Simpson circa 1989 was his original character as opposed to I'm just a cocky guy and I want to win. Like that's, I thought they know, were I mean, going
1: to change his name to Max Health. <laughs> they should have just changed his name to Max Health his fucking max health up on the thing when he comes out
0: i mean it just you know so, oh, God. Vin, I, I can't imagine vince pitching that it's like i nintendo and, and you know, the yeah, mario because like, that's i not even know what mario is I, i'd be honest i honestly don't know if, i know he knows what nintendo is and he calls vince absolutely 100 calls all video games nintendo right I, No, without question <laughs> like, he thinks every video game is nintendo um i i wonder if he would know who mario was
1: i he's got to know who mario is I don't think he knows who fucking Crash Bandicoot is, but. He no,
0: knows. no. Okay. So you think, like, yeah, at least he knows who, who, who Mario is? Okay. Maybe. I don't know.
1: I don't think he, he probably doesn't know what Grand Theft Auto is, uh, but I think he knows what Mario I think Mario is so ingrained in culture that even Vince can't hype him. <laughs> I mean, but, but here's, but I want to get to a broader point about Vince. This is another glaring example of Vince McMahon being the most overrated star creator in the history of pro wrestling. He has this reputation of being this great star creator, uh, this, this brilliant wrestling mind who gets people over. And 205 Live collectively, not any individual guy per se, but the wrestlers on 205 Live collectively, he got them less over than they were ever over before with the benefits of the WWE marketing machine. So this is another glaring example of Vince McMahon failing to create to not only create stars but making people less of a star than they were before. He is so overrated in that regard. And I don't care who argues with me, I'll debate anyone. Okay? This is a guy who's a tremendous businessman, who made tremendous business decisions to get where he is. I'll never take that away from him.
0: Ballsy business. I think more than Ballsy anything yeah, that you can really credit him for 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 Taking a risk and going against the grain in some respect.
1: Fortune favors the bold is the right. perfect way to he, – he took enormous risks. They worked out and good on him because that that is a tremendous uh, – a uh, personality trait of his. I legitimately think – and I'm not saying this – this is not hyper – I legitimately think he is a lousy professional wrestling booker slash promoter and, and star creator. I think he sucks. I think he sucks. I think he lucked in. He, okay. Okay he made a great business deal to secure the services of a guy who was already the biggest star in the world in Hulk Hogan.
0: Right, already a movie already star. Hulk Hogan was already
1: the biggest star in pro wrestling before. No, uh, the
0: narrative says that he win. he pinned Iron Sheik and became a star, Joe, so you're right. wrong. So
1: he made the, he made a good business deal to get Hulk Hogan, he lucked into Stone Cold Steve Austin because Stone oh, Cold you, Steve
0: Chilly, Chilly McFreeze would have been just as over as Stone Cold Steve Sto- Austin. The
1: you- Master was a fucking bomb. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin got himself over. And then Vince sat on him for nine months. No, he
0: won the King of the Ring and then won the title like immediately after. He didn't work the the, the pre show the next month at SummerSlam. What are you talking losing, about? Cheryl?
1: Losing to, losing a feud to Savio Vega. No, none of that happened. <laughs> that
0: never so happened. He he lucked. He in. wins King of the <laughs> Ring, pins Shawn Michaels, Mike Tyson, Star. I don't know what you're talking about. Stone
1: Cold Steve Austin. He made him he made himself a star in that company. And Vince still almost whiffed on it. He lucked into Stone Cold Steve Austin. He nearly blew The Rock. How do you almost blow The Rock, which was the biggest layup in wrestling history? How do you blow that one? He almost blew it with, with the fucking smiling baby face bullshit. That was Vince's vision of The Rock. Vince's vision of Dwayne Johnson, the biggest movie star in the world, and a guy who everyone in wrestling said was a lock to be a megastar. Right, Jerry Lawler, this, Pat
0: Patterson, anybody everyone, who eyes on him said, Anyone this guy, in the yeah.
1: wrestling business who saw him said he's a lock, and Vince almost blew it with The Rock.
0: Ah, blue chipper, what are you talking about? He blue almost blue blue blew it with the rock. <laughs> Are you kidding now?
1: He is the most overrated star creator in history. John Cena. Seconds away was,
0: from firing John Cena, yeah. He
1: was going to cut John Cena until as legend has it, Bruce Pritchard and Stephanie McMahon heard him rapping on a bus and then they pitched it to Vince and it saved his job and then he lucked into the rest. He was going to cut him. Okay? I don't want to hear a word about Vince McMahon's star creator.
0: Oh, the Daniel Bryan story, though. Are you talking about the Daniel Bryan story? Was awesome. The fans started being invested in Daniel Bryan, and then they had him win the title at WrestleMania. It was great. There was no Wyatt family bullshit. None of that stuff. It was just like, you guys want him. You guys are buying his merch or whatever. Let's let's do it. Daniel Bryan is going to win the title at WrestleMania, Joe it worked perfect yeah, yeah. that's know.
1: another one that he almost except for the, the, the year and a he...
0: half where he fucked around everybody and, and had daniel bryan okay. lose four yeah. tape review main events in a row had him join the wyatt family had every it, it took the fans absolutely just laying a gigantic sh- you know a steaming pile of shit on batista at the royal rumble and cm punk walking out until he said ah fine daniel bryan in the main event like how you know. much
1: money did he leave on the table with daniel bryan i mean honestly
0: there was a year and a half I mean, where he how just much just that guy around. And, and how much
1: money yeah. did he leave on the table with Daniel Bryan? But the four biggest stars he ever had, one, he just made the best business deal to secure when he was already the biggest star in the world. Two others he literally lucked into. And the other, he almost blew a layup. He almost missed a fucking layup. <laughs> so you, this guy is the most overrated star creator I ever heard of. Now he's got some things. Look, The Undertaker. I'll give him credit for The Undertaker. Okay, I'll give him credit for Batista to some degree. Okay. But the four yeah, biggest he stars he ever Razor had. Ramon,
0: those sort of guys. And, and yeah, those guys but those are, are like, to look, to look, a more, look, yeah.
1: look, if Razor Ramon never existed, does is there any butterfly effect, grand change in where the company is today? Of course not. Okay. Here's the four guys who matter yeah. Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and John Cena. And I just broke down how he nearly fucking you know, like blew it with all of them. If Vern Gagne decides to make a better deal to keep Hulk Hogan, Vince, you don't even know who Vince McMahon is if you're listening. We're not even doing this show. Give me a break with this with this brilliant wrestling mind. He's not. He's a good businessman.
0: Yeah, and a, well, really, I mean, a, a you want to go back right, to? It. I he's
1: mean, any wrestling
0: mind. We can we can do you this for a whole show. This might have to be a Patreon one <laughs> one of these days too. But I mean, really look at, at at people that know the history of you know you know the Black Saturday or whatever. I mean, that was less business mind and more or less wrestling mind and more business mind and that ended up being a huge deal because you know he swipes the, the time slot gets money when you know they eventually they buy back in or whatever and then uses that money to kind of use wrestlemania or whatever that has nothing to do with his booking of pro wrestling that's just smart business like we said balls the guy's got ball literally grapefruits or whatever the hell he says like he's got those and he's definitely taken a n- number of risks throughout the days but that's a different story you're not saying that he's not a bad a good businessman he actually is a good businessman is it a terrible. I mean, yeah, when you look I'm, at the track record, saying, the, the wrestling is not great. That's He's it. a much better businessman than any of and, your run of the mill, you know, territory promoters or sure. whatever, because he has the ball he made the moves that to they shake did. it up. Yeah. That's he yeah. had the ball to say, fuck it. I don't care if I have to run in Kentucky. I don't give a shit. I'm running in and Kentucky. Fuck off. Yeah. And, I'm doing whatever and, I want to do. And and he shut down Crockett at every
1: turn, uh, yeah. you know, threatening not to give pay-per-views, not to give WrestleMania to the pay-per-view providers if they didn't, you know, run SummerSlam instead of Crockett. Survivor, yeah,
0: Survivor
1: Series, yeah. And Survivor Series, yeah. Those things were all – brilliant. look, he's a brilliant businessman. He's aggressive and he made all the right moves and I give him a, a ton of – And now listen. Now, now I could even tell you that he had a leg up since his father and his grandfather got him started. Okay, we're not talking about a guy who built it from the fucking ground up either. I,
0: yeah, yes. I always have to, it's funny because yeah. when you talk to like people like, oh, Vince McMahon took wrestling from nothing. And I'm like, well, his, his, his dad <laughs> He, he kind of had you know.
1: a nice little head start there, okay? Right. All right, so let's not pretend that him and Linda were fucking living in a hut and fucking did this from the ground up either. But I'll go a step further. I don't even think he's a good promoter. And you know why I don't even think he's a good promoter, which people are probably going to- I don't even think he's a good promoter. I think he's a lousy promoter. He failed at bodybuilding. He failed at bodybuilding supplements. He failed at boxing with the Sugar Ray Leonard, Donnie Lalonde fight. He failed at football, and he's about to fail at football twice. Okay, I don't think he's a great promoter. I think he's a guy who was a great businessman, a savvy businessman, an aggressive businessman who lucked in to the four biggest stars in wrestling and didn't even create them himself. That's what he is. I don't even think he's a great promoter. He's never been successful at anything else, ever. He's, in fact, he's nothing but he's done nothing but fall on his face with everything else. So, you know, so sorry. And, and, and again, it, you know, the, the 205 Live thing might seem like small potatoes, but look at it. Even look at concepts and wrestlers that he got his hands on that were successful and made money before he got their hands on them that he made less popular and made less money with. WCW, ECW, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, the Road Warriors. I can go on and on all day. He made all of these things and people less popular and made less money with them than other promoters did. And I'm supposed to think this guy is the greatest mind in the history of professional wrestling? He's not. He's not. His ideas are bad. Most of his ideas are bad. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's never had good ideas. He's never had good concepts. WrestleMania was a great idea. The Undertaker is obviously the, the most successful gimmick in the history of wrestling, you could argue. I mean, you know, which we, just still drawing money today. But this guy has failed and fallen on his face so many times and so many poor ideas and has, and has made less money with things that were layups. The NWO. How do you fuck that up? How do you fuck up ECW nostalgia and sit on it for a year after the money that that show drew and the money that, that those DVDs were drawing and he sat on it for a year and, 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 and made no money on it? I mean, how do you do that? How do you not make yeah. money with WCW? <laughs> how, do you, how do you
0: book the invasion? Yeah, how do you book the invasion and have Stephanie and Shane?
1: How do you blow the <laughs> easiest wrestling storyline in the history of professional wrestling and pop one pay-per-view rating with it? Yeah. One. How? How do you do that? By being a shit promoter, that's how. By being an extremely overrated wrestling mind, that's how. The guy's overrated, Rich. And, and with 205 Live, is another, it's a small example, but it's another example of taking things that, and making them less popular than they were before. Okay, you give, you, know, you give a decent indie promoter that roster, that roster, and see what they can draw with them. OK, it, 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 he made them less popular by giving them his characters, by getting the character out of them. And he, and he made them less popular, less marketable. They got worse crowd reactions as we went along. It, 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 it's it, you know, the guy's overrated. He's overrated. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of people calling him this great wrestling mind and this, this star creator and this brilliant promoter. He's not. He's an aggressive businessman. And I'll give him credit for that all day long, but he's not good at this. If you really look at the facts, he's just not.
0: Uh, real quick, here's what was in the Observer about the two hundred five live. Just because I think it was pretty interesting to talk about, uh, kind of as we wrap up. Uh, as I know before, the idea of a two hundred five live GM uh, who would be portrayed not as a gimmick, but as a guy with credibility, who's uh, who in storyline. Uh, who would be there only to give the people the best match quality possible and make fair decisions was a Levesque idea or a Paul Levesque idea that dates back several months. So Triple H had that idea months ago to, to, to kind of have this GM that was a straight and narrow guy to kind of get things, you know, under control or whatever. And now we saw, you know, he obviously did that very quickly. Uh, Vincent had that mentality for the show and felt the problem was not enough personality development and storyline. And that came before having great matches between the last two weeks. The Dan O'Brien speech last week and the Drake Maverick speech this week. It's clear that the company is looking now at ditching the comedy and the skits and trying to go back to the cruiserweight classic type. Of presentation so here's just kind of a nice wrap-up so if you haven't seen yeah. it that's exactly the wrap up. I, no comedy no skits no bullshit every promo that they did was cool too i i'd I love it so much the promos weren't the were backstage we don't think the camera's there it was Roderick sean talking into a camera as they show clips of his childhood or whatever uh Akira Tozawa on his phone doing kind of the selfie promos or whatever which I you know whatever like some people don't like those I don't mind them because again it's not that weird contrived thing it's like you, you, it's just a guy sending in a, a video of him thinking about the next match or whatever you know what I mean like that's fine like I don't mind those at all that's way better than the we're in a locker room and we don't know that there's cameras here as we discuss you know our, our secret top secret plans in front of a locker or whatever or the you know drone asking terrible questions and we answer them in terrible ways and then she stares off uh, to the screen for 15 seconds while we we fade to black or whatever. I, I'll, I'll take a selfie promo over that, regardless of how it looks or whatever. But then you had, you know, Kalisto cutting a promo in the car or whatever. Akira Tozawa on his, you know, his, his selfie. And then TJ Perkins looking into the camera. It was no skits. None of, it was all organic things of guys just, you know, talking to the audience or talking to, to, to whoever. And it was not this dumb skits thing or whatever. So we already saw that in, in, in two weeks, we saw a complete overhaul of how any backstage segment was, was ran. No comedy. Everybody was just straight and narrow of, of, of here's what we are. You know, here's what I do. Here's my motivation. Here's why I want to win. Boom and match done. And that's all it is. It's all it has to be. It's not hard.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I just thought of this one too. Vince McMahon can thank Dana white for Brock Lesnar. I mean, Brock Lesnar was he a bigger was he a bigger star in his first run or his second run? Right. And why was he a bigger star in his second run? Because Dana White got him over. And when Brock Lesnar came back for the second run, he was being Brock UFC Brock Lesnar. He was following the template. He was, you know, that that got him over in UFC with a little pro wrestling sprinkled in. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it, you know, here comes the pain. Brock Lesnar was not nearly the star that the the you know modern that UFC Brock, the the, the one that they're you know, Dana White got Brock. It's another example. It's like, you know, it, it, Dana White's ten times as a promoter as McMahon is, and star creator and all those sorts of things. You know, it's 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 he even he even got he even got assisted on fucking Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Someone else got Brock Lesnar over for him. And then all he did was swoop in and make the business. Well, and,
0: and that Brock Lesnar thing was already, I don't know if people are aware of that, but when it, when it was, you know, as, as the final few months of the Brock Lesnar thing, it was kind of already getting pretty terrible. Like he was doing like, you know, uh, I, I remember in the few with Eddie Guerrero, he was like dancing around and with maracas and stuff. You know what I mean? Like there was already kind of the aura that Brock had when he came in was already starting to wear off a little bit. And, yeah. I mean, Brock was already writing on the wall too. And that's why he bounced. Cause he was like, oh,
1: yeah, you know, Brock, Brock was a star on his first run, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't hit that next level until someone else got him over.
0: You know, it's Vince is overrated. Well, you know what? Look, Vince. hit. is to it. I mean, there's no doubt, and we talk about Brock Lesnar and, and, and his final match. I mean, there's no doubt he hit a home run when Goldberg came in that first time. And Goldberg, one of the biggest stars in in, in pro wrestling. There's for another example. Year. Another you know, he example. walked into WWE and was immediately over. He came in. I don't know if you remember the first segment. He comes and he fucking. Spears Booker T, spears Gold Dust. He's just spearing guys left and right, just killing guys. It was over until he finally left. I mean, it was incredible what they did with Goldberg when he first came in. It's, it's, it, yeah. Oh, he wore a wig. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> right? no, no. Yeah. Oh, I think you're Mr. Sorry. Mr. I'll run, that's not Goldberg. No. But, I don't but know.
1: Goldberg is another example of WCW, ECW, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Road Warriors, uh, you name it, where someone who made way more money for somebody else and Vince made them less popular and made less money with them. Right. And ultimately, their run was a failure. But it's Goldberg's fault.
0: Right, you brought up Ric Flair not that long ago, where a guy who, in a year and a half, Vince was already like, ah, "I don't know, what do I do with this Ric Flair guy?" <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, like, guy he's not drawing, yeah. and I don't know what to do. It's like
1: well, every other promoter on what? earth. <laughs> every other promoter on earth found a way to fucking milk every dime out of Ric Flair, but Vince McMahon.
0: <laughs> a year and a half, he was like, ah, nah, I don't know what to do with this guy anymore." I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Go yeah, back to WCW, pal. I got nothing for you. So. It, it, it's amazing. He makes things less popular. He makes things
1: less popular. How many other John Cena's have slipped through his fingertips? Yeah. I mean, really? I mean, look how close John Cena was. Could you imagine what would this, the state of this company of John Cena had, if he hadn't <laughs> lucked into John Cena and, and how many others have slipped through his finger? How many other people has he just fucking destroyed all of their potential star power with his dumb character bullshit that doesn't work? That works once every hundred times. He's bad at this. The reason for this company's success is not because he's a great wrestling mind. It's his business acumen. Mm -hmm. So fucking stop saying it. Because it's false. It's demonstrably false. It's just false. And there's millions – there's tons of other examples of things he made less popular. We just named some of them. I I forgot about Goldberg. That's that's, another patently obvious one.
0: That's a disaster.
1: Because what what he had to – subtly change his music he had to subtly change the, the gear that he wore to the ring he had to put him in backstage no no he didn't understand goldberg the easiest to understand thing yeah. possible he just beat people up
0: well i beat people up and i win a lot all right well mm. <laughs> i don't know what we're gonna be able to do with that but we'll try we'll, we'll put you in a wig and so yeah, I mean, two hundred five live is just <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's been much better, and yeah, I, I I can't wait to see what's next for it. But yeah, I think uh, all things are going going well with two hundred five live there. So they did say I did see um, that they canceled uh, for right now they canceled the two hundred five live the spring thing, which technically isn't canceled. So because they they didn't announce it, they said we are going to run a tour in the spring. They never announced dates. They never said we we're going to do this. They've canceled that now. I you know the the idea per David the wonder, Wrestling Observer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> per per Dave, that the idea of them running shows isn't, you know, running house shows or whatever, or, or live events or whatever, isn't dead, but that the spring is not a good time to do it. So we'll see. Maybe we the build up and it'll come back. One question I have Just for you before we, before we end up with the 205 live thing, and we've seen a lot of people talk about this. Everyone's saying, okay, this is good, this is good, everything's going well. Next steps. Okay, what else can we do to make this good? We had an article on the website that said, you know, a trios championship or or, or more, you know, six man matches might be a good idea. What do you think though? And this is what a lot of people brought up as well. Moving it away from whatever they're doing with the taping schedule now, whether it be before SmackDown, after SmackDown, after a TV taping, and putting it in a neutral spot, putting it at, at, at full sale, putting it look, at center stage when NXT is running. What, what, are, what are your thoughts on doing that?
1: Look, the taping schedule, we all know it's bad you're 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 fighting an uphill battle with the tired crowds. You're always going to be fighting an uphill battle with the tired crowds. Uh, it would be better if they can tape it somewhere else. Full sale would obviously be optimum. I mean, that would be perfect. Um but you know, I don't I don't but here the other the thing I'm more concerned with than that is presumably these guys are still going to be on raw, right? It's still a raw sub brand. I
0: guess, yeah, I, I suppose. So, so
1: yeah, I suppose. how are they going to be presented under Vince's, you know, uh, authority on Raw. I mean, is he still going to sold I mean, is, is Triple H gonna produce those segments? I mean, that's kind of the weird thing because Raw is Vince's baby. We all know that. Um he, you know, he's gonna be have his iron fist around that show until he dies. I think we all accept that. Um is he going to relinquish 20 minutes of his show every week for a 20 minute wrestling match? I can't see it. So I think they either are going to remove the two Oh five live guys from raw entirely, or you're still going to see, you're going to see like two different versions of two what you're going to see them doing. Goofy,
0: Right. Which is going to be really weird. Yeah. You're going to have Roderick strong, you know what, I, what you know, and I'm just throwing a name out. I mean, I don't know. He's he's a raw, or whatever, but like, you know, he's going to be doing this character here or a uh, TJ Perkins is a great example. He's going to be doing this character here and then he's going to go to raw and be video game. Well, Nintendo not even Bart see, Simpson,
1: I don't like. necessarily think like completely different gimmicks, but in terms of, do you think Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander are going to get a three segment twenty minute match on Raw? There's not a fucking chance in hell. But if that's what two 20- oh see, so what do you? So when they go to Raw, are they going to be five minute matches finishing with roll ups? I mean, are they going to be? You know, it's weird to me because you can't do what they're doing on two hundred five live now on Raw. I don't see Vince allowing that. I mean, like I said, they're having two matches a week and they're both twenty minutes long or fifteen minutes long. You're not getting that on Raw. You know, unless unless they're going to be uh, storyline heavy the way he likes it, you know. I mean, so I I am interested to see how they handle 205 live on Raw moving forward. Look, I said from day one, and I know I'm not unique in this opinion. I think it should be a SmackDown brand thing because number one, you're taping it that night anyway, and number two, it can yeah, make it never made sense. sense.
0: The Raw thing never made it never
1: sense made sense from and, day it can one. Be, and it can and it can make and it can help SmackDown feel different because you're having wrestling. Remember when SmackDown first started, restarted, there was, it was a wrestling show, you know, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. Oh,
0: Road Dogg has done a number on that. So he has,
1: but I mean, it, it should be a, it should be a SmackDown sub brand. And Raw is, you know, the fucking sports entertainment show. And that's fine. Look, I'm a big fan of all of their shows being different. And I don't mind a sports entertainment show. If I don't like it, I don't have to watch it, you know, but it's like, But 205 Live just doesn't feel like a fit on Raw anymore with this style. You know, it feels more like, you know, so at minimum, I think they should move it. And especially with Daniel Bryan sort of making all these announcements, just move the shit
0: over the SmackDown yeah I forget at times that it is raw you know what I mean because it so feels like a Smackdown property from from yeah. the style it's work, the, the, the characters involved the people involved obviously where it's being so I, yeah it's always been perplexing why it's on Raw. but and why know. are
1: you dragging those guys to both tapings every week it's not it's it's hard on the Ra- it's hard on them those guys have um, gotten, and, gotten
0: a horrible deal and and we're starting to see it yeah. more and more and more as it comes around and as, as Austin Aries now is kind of a reemerging and and talking about his experience there and, and if and when Neville comes back or doesn't come back and can talk about his experience those guys have gotten a real raw deal and I know a lot of people don't really sympathize all that much with wrestlers and and times, but those guys have gotten a shit deal. When you really look at, at at what they've been asked to do, what they've been asked to where they've been asked to travel, you know, what predicament they've been put in, they've been put in a real, real shitty spot. Every single one of those guys on 205
1: they, Live. They have shitty contracts. Um, none of them get to work house shows unless you're the champion or the challenger. Mm-hmm. Um, you can count on one hand the guys that are left on the brand that got to workhouse shows. Uh Tazawa. Rich Swan, if you want to count him, since I presume he's coming back, since the charges were pretty much cleared, um, you know uh, who else did Neville work programs with? That's it, because he, his next program was with Enzo, and that's you know he's gone, Neville's gone, Austin Aries is gone. So I mean, you look at it, and the only guys currently on the the only guy currently on the brand who got to work the road extensively was Tazawa. If you don't want to count Swan, I mean, unless I'm forgetting someone. So I mean, you know, you, you look at that. So yeah, that's why I thought a trio's title would be a good idea. Uh, because I think, first of all, the style lends itself to trios matches, right? And it would also make the brand feel different because it would be the only brand with a trios title. And a good point that Cubs fan made, uh, I saw him make the point first, I've seen others make it since, is then you're getting six guys on the road and giving them a chance to make some money, as opposed to just having two guys on the road at a time, Mm -hmm. which I thought was a good idea too. But I don't know if you want to have, unless you're going to expand the roster, a singles champion and trios champions. Now you have four champions and 12 guys on the roster. I mean, if you're going to have a 20-man roster, it makes more sense. Uh, but you don't want to have it where it feels like everybody has a title, uh, I guess. But I, I, you know, I don't think the trios title is the worst idea. I do think it would help differentiate things. I would, I would add the trios title personally. I would expand the roster. You got a million guys in NXT that you're never using. They, they, this company has over almost 200 wrestlers on the contract. You have the bodies. There's no reason you can't keep it fresh and keep new faces on that show. I would expand the roster. I'd put a trios title on it, and I would move it to SmackDown to kind of answer your question about the taping schedule yeah. and all that. I mean, that's what I would do. You know.
0: Yeah, and that makes the most economical sense too for these guys. Don't have them t- go to both shows. I mean, that's the thing I let, I think a lot of people forget and don't really realize that these guys have to travel to both shows for, for like for what reason? Monday I mean, and Tuesday. I, and it, on top of that, yeah, they have it's, it's these, ridiculous. They,
1: a lot of them came in on developmental deals or two oh five or mm-hmm. fucking two oh five deals. Um they only got from from what I understand partial payment on the video game. The guys that got into the video game, not all of them did. The ones that did are are not even getting a full share of the video game, which is ridiculous. And then you had Neville and Austin Aries bumped from the WrestleMania DP which is a big money maker for these guys and the reason that one of the primary reasons that Neville walked you know you know he works hard all year he gets over he gets on the WrestleMania show whatever and they bump him from the DVD i mean you really can't find room on the DVD for a 12 minute match i mean how much extraneous bullshit do they have on that DVD where you can't give these guys a oh, last
0: year's WrestleMania know? what extraneous bullshit last year's WrestleMania what are you talking about joe last it's a tight solid show of all great content so oh, these guys just posted No, yeah. there's guys like and you had a lot of guys too like a Neville or whatever who who came in under a normal deal and then was sort of shunned over to this 205 That's Live thing which is like hey I was making like more money doing this thing can I like go back and do this thing? No, 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 you're a 205 Live guy now. like, well no, I don't I don't want to. Like this is terrible.
1: Yeah, you know, and and all they do with this thing is all they've done is opened up their fucking cheeks and taken a giant shit on all these guys from day 1. And they, it's and they and they've done you know, it's been and Vince, with his horrible vision, because he's terrible at wrestling, has done nothing to get them over. He's gotten them less over. So that's why these guys keep leaving. Guys like Austin Aries and Neville, who have some professional pride and 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 you know have have been stars in other places and, and are frustrated because they're fucking walking, and I can't blame them. So this is all positive, and this can only be good. And for all the shit that Triple H takes, yes, we know he has a massive ego, and yes, as a as a wrestling performer, I could just fucking just.
0: Oh I yeah, I mean we're we're, we're night and ever. day with him. Yeah, the second okay. he gets involved in something, it's it's usually bullshit. Like when he gets involved. In the ring with something, he's got yeah, this oversized. I, it, you know. I, you know, I started the, uh, you know, I won the, uh, the Money Night Wars attitude about everything, which is just, yeah, you can throw that in the And
1: place. I've never <laughs> had, it. even the one good year, what's the one good year everybody raves about with him? Uh, 2004. Uh, 2000, I think. 2000. Yeah. Even 2000, I have no use for him. I never liked the fucking guy and I never will when it comes to, to being a performer. He oh. bores the shit out. I assure
0: of you it was not 2004. I assure you it was yeah, not. I I was yeah, I don't
1: mean, know. But yeah, it's
0: a horrible Triple H year.
1: You know, but but as a guy running a show here, I, look, he does a nice job. Yeah, exactly. NXT's good. It's because Vince has no fucking hands on it. Vince has no hands on this. It's going to be good. Here's my but classic. Classic, minimum,
0: Here's my classic. At minimum,
1: we're going to get a show that we all love. At minimum, because Vince isn't involved in it.
0: All right, before we get to our other topics, I want to let everybody know that this episode of the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at SeatGeek. And Joe, you know buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy, and that's with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or just need to find the perfect gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices Fully guaranteed. We have both used the SeatGeek app, and it is by far the easiest way to shop for tickets. Uh, with just a few taps, we can instantly find seats, like I did for that upcoming Bulls-Mavericks game I talked about. You can go watch the New look Cavaliers. You got the MLB season coming up, Joe. Who you are? You are you going to? Are the Reds coming to to your neck of the woods at all next year?
1: Not this year, but college oh. basketball. I gotta get my college basketball. Oh yeah, tickets. yeah, yeah. Always, yeah. always go to SeatGeek, my friend.
0: Absolutely. They search multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. SeatGeek then grades every ticket based on a value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. You look for the little green dots. You go, ah, good deal. Red dots, bad deal. Not touching that. Green dots, nice and easy. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I know this has happened to me before where I bought a ticket, and for some reason, it got sort of mixed up. It was for the wrong event. Within minutes, SeatGeek had refunded me and gave me a new ticket, a better ticket, an upgraded ticket. So that was incredible when they did that. That's before they even sponsored us as well. So I've been a SeatGeek user for years and and was so glad when they actually sponsored us as well because I've been a user for for many years. I know you have as well, so it definitely worked out there. Uh, So we want you to make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deal. On every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater and voice wrestling listeners, get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Yes, that's $20 off, Joe. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code VOW today. That's promo code VOW for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the app, enter promo code VOW, 20 bucks off your first purchase. Can't beat that. That could cover a whole ticket. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, depending on what you're going to see, it, it'll, it'll do pretty good. Unfortunately, the Bulls. Uh, maybe in a few years, I can I can get some Bulls tickets for twenty bucks or whatever. But uh, definitely baseball season. White Sox. I know uh, twenty bucks can cover uh, plenty of White Sox tickets, so that'll be a, a great deal for those people. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I use kick a lot in the MLB season as well because that's it's so good for like you're you're sort of on the move or whatever. I'm driving home from work or whatever. It's a nice day. The nurses off. I'm like, you know, we're going to the damn White Sox game. I want to go outside and, and drink and, and soak into the sun or whatever a little bit. So, yeah, I always, uh, I'll pop in the SeatGeek app, check out, uh, baseball tickets, and, and it works pretty well. It works on the road, too. I've used it in San Francisco. Uh, I plan on using it. I'm going to San Diego in April. I'm planning on using it for that, too. It's great for on the road, great for that sort of stuff. Promo code VOW, 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right. Uh, you want to preview this new beginning show coming up, uh, this weekend?
1: I think, uh, we would be, uh, remiss if we did not sir <laughs> there
0: we go all right so we'll start off uh we'll go to main event kind of work our way down uh with this one as far uh, you know obviously we had the new, the new beginning in in Sapporo shows we had the two uh new beginning in Sapporo shows this one is just one show in Osaka kind of loaded up as well when we kind of preview it you'll 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 obviously take notice of that but there's not two shows you have to watch all of it is compact into one and I'm looking forward to the show a lot I think there's a lot of really cool stuff on the show uh the main event what's your, of course, what's your big, oh,
1: before you get to the main event what's your overview thought on the
0: show as a whole? Um. I actually like it. I don't know. It's it's up there as as far. I, I it, It's hard to say until we see what what happens all in all. But, like, I'm a guy who loves my singles matches. You know that. I, I love a New Japan singles match. This one's got, what, one, two? It's got six singles matches? Like, how can I not love yeah. it? You know, and and, and every five, match yeah, has five or
1: six. Yeah, six singles matches. Every match, match
0: has something. Every match. I mean, I think there's more singles matches on this. I mean, I, I, is there more singles matches on this than Wrestle Kingdom? Is that possible? If I do the math, yeah, I I'd have I think to look. There
1: is. Yeah, there's six on this one. That's yeah, uh, nuts, but... Uh, there's only three tags. And I think the point you were about to make was, um, every match on this show with the exception of two are matches that have storyline consequence and mean something. So you're only getting two like throwaway tags that, that new Japan likes to give you. And even one of them, rich, one of those throwaway tags have Finley and Jay white on opposite sides. And that feud has been outstanding yes so, yeah
0: i didn't even know i you know i didn't even that was one of the matches that i was like ah whatever i forget that yeah you got finley and white there so yeah you can even make top. an
1: argument that that's a decent little six right, tag. Right. i mean the eight man to japan and that's
0: uh, just there that's guys get on the card just- but the Roppongi one has ramifications, too, in terms of, uh, you know... Oh,
1: yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the 8-man, the only thing there is, you know, Togi Makabe and Minoru Suzuki are going to have their standoff because they're going to have the match. Yeah. He, Suzuki's the next challenge. Makabe's next challenge or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. That Rapongi 3K match, we'll talk about it in a second. Kato
0: Bushi. Um, I'm salivating for Kato Bushi. They built it up so awesome. Yogi Natsuki and Naito. They built that yeah. match up so well. Like...
1: And, and and their singles matches, which, you know, because New Japan keeps them rare, you get excited for them, you know? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So what do you want to do? You want to start with – and also I, we should mention quickly, uh, this show sold out a long time ago. So yes. there's really nothing to break down business-wise. Uh, it sold out. So, And with a lineup From like this – It's
0: getting boring now to talk New Japan business. Well, yeah, It you know, sold out, yeah. The
1: Sapporo shows didn't, but – I think that they did better than we thought they were going to do. And, and it turned out that they were a business success. Cause mm-hmm. you know, like we talked about doing back-to-back nights, you, you, you sold 10,000 tickets instead of 5,000. Um, but yeah, so they loaded up this one and they sold it out. Um, I, I, I will say that, it, look, even though, you know, we're talking, you know, you, okay. You have a Naito singles match, but it is fourth from the top. You do have, uh, you know, a never open weight match in the semi-main event slot, but I still think it's pretty impressive that they're able to sell out with Sonata as a challenger. Um, I don't think Hiroki Goto Evil is a huge money match. I don't think Yoshihashi versus Naito is a huge money match. I think Hiromu is very popular, and he's challenging for the junior title, but I don't consider that like a huge... These are all good support matches. I will say that, but I don't see a strong secondary drawing match here, do you?
0: Um yeah, Goto Evil's not quite. We've seen in the history of Godo that Godo's never quite been at that level. So yeah, I I guess what you're saying there isn't really that supporting second draw. It's more of a, everybody else kind of collectively being that second draw, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. In other words, it's more of, okay, this is a really good top to bottom show is kind of right.
0: Yeah. Like, no, I know there's not that second great match, but like, look at these other matches that are pretty fun to watch or whatever. I think that's more.
1: Yeah. And Sonata's a first time challenger and not a super strong, he's the least pushed guy in his group with the exception of Bushi. It's pretty impressive that this sold out. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, Osaka, nice sized building. So, you know, from a business perspective, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's still early. We haven't seen any negative effects with the, the I guess, questionable booking at Wrestle Kingdom because, you know, people fucking bought this show. So we'll see what happens from there, but um, yeah, I don't know. You want to start from the main event and work our way down? Uh, yeah, up.
0: I think that's probably the best way to do it. So you got the main event: uh, Okada defending his, of course, IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Sonata. So now, Joe, I'm going to ask you: percentage chance that Sonata shocks the world and gets the win here? Zero. Okay, You got zero.
1: Yeah, I got zero. I don't think I, it, I don't think it really quite works either. I know. No, people
0: are trying true. to, and, and that's fair. Like I like, and that's something that we mentioned about New Japan is that it, it's fun in that sense where you can really try to convince yourself. And yeah. and it sort of, it, it kind of works. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you know, we're, we're a month away or a month out from, you know, Okada really shocking a lot of people and beating Naito or whatever. We're, you know, a few years out from Okada shocking the world and winning the title. They're, they're not, you know, they're not against doing these sort of shocking things. And it always sort of in business sense might be shocking at the time and then really kind of work out in the long run. And this is one that, again, you can sort of convince yourself. Hey, look, if they wanted to do it again, this is a great opportunity. But I'm with you. I, I just see no. I, I see no chance of doing it. It's just it's, it's, it's kind of weird. The optics haven't built up quite yet either. Uh, it's just it'd be too wonky for it to happen. I mean, am I going to go zero percent? Probably not. But I'd go one percent. As in, like, I think it has really no chance. But I want to cover my bases a little bit so that if it comes back, I can say, Hey, Joe, I told you it wasn't zero percent. You know. But really, it's oh, yeah, effectively cramp- effectively. Cramp- effectively oh. I mean, come on. There's no fucking. I mean, it, it. It. I'd be stunned if it happened.
1: Here's the thing with Sonata. It's like you know i i see him as a guy with you know top level star potential and i always saw him as sort of just laying in the weeds and being the quiet member of lij and um you know they could flip the switch on him uh you know when they feel like going full bore with him and i always thought the best idea would be to have him turn on nato or have nato turn on him uh to do that but th- what i'm seeing with sonata is maybe he doesn't have personality and maybe that's why they do push him as the quiet member of the group. And if he doesn't have personality and it's not, if it's not that he's holding himself back and it's that he just doesn't have a personality, then he's not going to be a top guy. It doesn't matter how good his look is. It doesn't matter how good his work is. It doesn't matter, um, you know, how much they, want. I mean, he, if, you know, he, if he, if he's not showing charisma and I'm not seeing that from him, um, and believe me, you know, I was all aboard the Sonata is going to be a top guy train right? Um, in due time. Just give it time, give it time. I thought 2019 would be his year where they would really go hard with him, and it still might be. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think this is a huge match for Sonata. I think he needs to have a great performance here. Um, he needs to have one of those performances we talk about where a guy gets over to a new level in defeat. You know? Um, we talk about those all the time. That's what needs to happen here. He he doesn't need to go in there and have a four-star match and lose and Okada oh, moves on. No, this has to be the best performance of his life, and he needs to get over on a new level in defeat. If he doesn't get over on another level here, I think that's a bad sign. It doesn't mean he's never going to be a star, um, but it does mean that I think the the company may lose a little bit of confidence in that. And fans might lose a little confidence. What I'm trying to get out here is this is a big, this is a big match for Snotta. This is a big match, and he needs a big performance. So uh, I don't know where you stand on that. I don't know where you stand on everything I just said in terms of I don't know if, if, if because uh, I've kind of lost it a little bit with him.
0: Yeah, I, I, I lost it as well, but I've sort of regained it in the past few weeks. Because I, I like the promo, I, I like what he's kind of been doing in the build, and I like the idea that he's sort of this quiet guy or whatever. But as you said, it's it's all about that 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 switch flipping he cannot always be the quiet calm collective you know always at a baseline of five type guy or whatever you know that's what he's been and, and that's fine and it's really kind of worked but if you ever want to get into that next level he's gonna have to you know it's gonna have to get a little bit more aggressive and yeah. and, and and the build has been fine because i like the idea of him being like all right you want me to talk well here i talked i'll see you in osaka like really quickly a little quick to the point or whatever but, there, but does that concern
1: like that. you It does, yeah.
0: I like it. Well, I like it in the build, and I I do wonder, hey, why does it take so long for him to even speak? And when he does speak, it's just that. I'm gonna reserve judgment until we see if they ever turn the, the you know if they kind of rev it up a little bit if they never do and if if after this match it's still like oh god was just kind of or, or Sinai was just kind of at a five and and you know they haven't co- you know talk a little bit more and it's always just at this you know sort of baseline middling level then yeah then i'm gonna be a little concerned and i am a little concerned now but I, i'm reserving judgment i i, I want to think that there's something more there with him because i always have and i've always been a fan like as you said and and uh, but it, it, there there is, yeah, there's a little oddness there that it's like, you know, why do you decide to portray him as the guy who never talks and never shows any personality? Like that's he, to me, that kind of, some, yeah, I don't like that. That's kind of, you know, weird when some you know, guys this- can get over
1: that way. I, right. I, you know, I don't think he hasn't, I don't see any indication that he's going to get over as a huge star under this current incarnation. um Here's the other thing. He, he's going to have to, Here's the other thing too. He's had some good matches in New Japan. The, the Tanahashi G1 match a couple years ago come, stands out. Yeah. Some tag matches with Yoshihashi and Ishii come to mind. But really, he what? He, look, he's in there with arguably the greatest wrestler in the world, who's on one of the hottest runs ever. So to me, he needs to have his definitive. Oh my God, that was the best Sonata match in history. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like this has to be the one. You know, even the last time he was in a big, you know, you you look at like, okay, the Wrestle One debut show where he main evented against Kai, you know, they went out there and this was the two guys at the company was going to decide to build around one or the other and maybe long-term build around both. And they went out there and had a good match, but Rich, it was like a three and a half star match. You know what I mean? It's like, neither of those guys grabbed that match by the throat and had a fucking killer match that they should have went out there and had a killer match of the year match in the first show of the promotion and the first main event of the promotion these two young stars that they want to build around that could have changed the fortunes of wrestle one if they went out there and had this match of the year caliber fucking kick-ass match there are two guys that know each other well they came up together they went out there and had a good match that wasn't good enough you know, and look at where their career trajectories have taken them since. Neither guy has gotten anywhere near the potential that a lot of people thought they had. You know, maybe they're just that. Maybe they're more Go Shiozaki than Kazuchika Okada. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, and, and to be quite honest, I wouldn't put either one of those guys on Go and even Go Shiozaki's level. But you know the point I'm making here Go Shiozaki never going to be a megastar. And maybe these guys never will either. Right. Like when Nakajima
0: it, type where it's just like, you know, you it can just be, didn't work. Yeah. yeah it's it, like it, you're, you're, you're budging up against that top, top, top star level, but you just never quite get there.
1: There's something missing there. And it's like, you know, and, and I really think, you know, we, we, with some years of perspective, we can look back at that Kai Sonata match as really, that may have been some, uh, an important turning point for both guys. I mean, that was their opportunity. All eyes were on that show. This new promotion. This man. They they went out there and had a good match. That 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 you know that situation called for a great match. And you know, I'm not saying people can just snap their fingers and have a great match for me. But these guys just aren't capable of that. Yeah, so, that was that was
0: an opportunity to set the stage for what this this company was going to be. And it was just, yeah. And it unfortunately set the stage of this company was just going to be like okay, <laughs> like you know, average and, and, at and times. The, They're and, no and good. the, you know, They're the average, same. yeah.
1: It's like Kai has gotten opportunities. He got opportunities to be the ace of Wrestle 1, and he failed. You know, he 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 had to reinvent himself in DDT, and that was goofy. And now he's in all Japan, and we'll talk about him later. Sonata tried to go to America and reinvent himself. He tried to catch on in America, and it didn't work out. He didn't get that WWE invite. He didn't really make a huge impact on the – he didn't even make a huge impact on the American indie scene. You know, he went to – I'm not going to hold anything against him in impact because, you know, you can't. You know, but it's like – so this is his chance. None of that will matter if he goes out there against Kazuchika Okada and has a four and a half star match that has people talking, gets over as a new superstar in defeat, then none of everything that we talked about matters, that I just talked about matters. That's why I think this is a huge match for Sonata. And that to me is the most interesting aspect of this match. Can Sonata become a star in one night? He's in there with the right guy. Okada is not a selfish superstar. Okada will go out there and give you a lot of offense. Okada, Listen, if there's one thing Okada will do is he will go out there and have a match which looks like he's on the brink of losing. He'll make you look like a million bucks. He has no problem with that. He's very selfless in that way. So he's got the right guy. He's in a huge main event for uh, the second biggest company in the world. He's got the right opponent. He's got a guy he can have a great match with. He's got a guy who's not selfish. He's—it's he, The table is set for Sonata. All he has to do is sit down and eat the meal.
0: And it's kind of amazing to think about that that one of Sonata's most high profile indie matches was like, you know, Dreamwave in LaSalle, Illinois, <laughs> that I was there. It was just like it was kind of surreal at the time. You know what I mean? You're like, this guy's like should yeah, be. I the, know, I hear you. Like you went- starred. like oh I'm like drinking with him after the show. And he's at this like Podung bar in LaSalle. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Now
1: look, here's the thing. Now here's the thing, though, Rich. I like Sonata. No, I and do too. I, I'm a fan. But what I'm talking about here is can Sonata be a superstar? Mm-hmm. And if that's what we're talking, I have to be hard on him. You know what I mean? I have to. Yeah, sure. You know, look, if Sonata goes on to have Goshiozaki's Ozaki's career, that's a great career. I think any young wrestler would sign up for Goshi Ozaki's career. I think any dojo wrestler in Japan would sign up for Hiroki Goto's career, right? I think anybody would. Those are great careers. Hiroki Goto makes a lot of money. He's an upper mid Carter in New Japan. He's a great wrestler. He has a good career. You know, it's like. But if Sonata's going this this match, I think can can determine whether Sonata can be one of, could be that guy, or even a level below that, or you know, or can he be a superstar? And that's what I, I want to see him yeah. grab this match by the throat, Yeah, bridge. I was going to say, that's grab the bull by the
0: horns, any, any term you want to use. He hasn't done that in his career yet, and this is a great opportunity for him no. to do that. I mean, there's been numerous opportunities for him to do it, but now this is probably the best one for him to really just be like, no, this is my fucking, I'm going to be a star, and, and here's why, and, and take notice right now. And he hasn't done that yet, so... Uh move on here. We got the Never Open Way Championship. We got Hiroki Godo versus Evil. Uh, the build of this hasn't, I don't know. I haven't been as invested in this, and I'm kinda I, I think the matches is gonna be solid. I'm pretty interested in it, but this might be my least anticipated of all the singles matches. And is that weird? I don't I, know if that, that should be. But yeah, I'm just not I don't I know. I think
1: it's weird. I think it's weird only because I think this match is gonna fucking rock. I think, no, I think it's gonna, gonna rock
0: too, awesome. but it's just like I I the stories of the others I think have been a little bit better. I that's fair. That makes
1: sense. That's fair. I don't think there's much story to this other than Evil wants this dude's title. And I think Did you watch the uh, tag team title match at Corkin yet?
0: Uh, Yes. Yeah, I saw that.
1: So Evil got the pin on Goto. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the obvious result. I mean, obviously Okada's not gonna take a fall, and I didn't think Okada and Goto were gonna win the titles. So the only finish was Evil pinning Goto to plant the seed for Evil winning the never title back. Sure. Right. Um so you know, they did plant seeds there. That's really other than Chaos versus L I. J. that's really Yeah, I mean the
0: elimination game. I guess had a the elimination match had a little bit that's of wrinkles true. here and there, yeah, but and, not much. I mean again it wasn't like hit you up. Oh, you the watched head. the elimination match. Of course you,
1: every did year. you in- did you enjoy the yes. elimination? I know, <laughs> yes. you hate them. I know you hate them,
0: but this—I thought it was good. I enjoyed the elimination. No, yeah. Oh yeah, all, all joking aside, even though that's kind of the thing—is—is—is is, is I hate WWE elimination matches. I do not. The New Japan ones are awesome. I love the wrinkle of the over the top rope or pinfall. I think that adds yeah. so much dynamic to it. And cool, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the next match we preview. I thought it was so well done, the elimination style with the the, the build to that next match. And, and we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. I yeah. don't want to want to spoil yeah. it right yeah. now, but pull uh, your
1: load here pretty lewd phrase right Blur. yeah i was gonna say
0: geez whoa. did you
1: know let me tell you the quick story
0: oh please please do after after well, how wh- however this story started I, I cannot wait to hear what's it's next it's about oh. blowing
1: loads oh Listen. okay
0: okay that's what i assumed so there we go okay
1: when i was in like third grade i didn't <laughs> I, I didn't story
0: do we need the story, <laughs> I need the story?
1: okay like my, my, my loud, obnoxious Italian uncles used to use the phrase when we were watching sports. They used to say, ah, they shot their load, right? Or they blew their load, all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And as a kid, I didn't know what it meant. So, you know, I remember in school, I said it to my teacher.
0: Oh, yeah, that's great. I was, oh, yeah, yeah, I was that, like,
1: yeah. we were talking about something. I was like, ah, you know, he blew his load. <laughs> and my teacher took me aside. I was like, Joe, you really shouldn't say that, you know? and um and i didn't he didn't explain but he just kind of said try not to say that and then uh, but see as a kid i always thought like shot your load or blew your load referred to a gun like you're you're shooting your load like the load you put but then you know obviously i realized it was about your cock mm-hmm. but anyway that's my little story about blowing yeah your no load.
0: it was it was like a good it's like a good sports metaphor too like that's your are using in sports like yeah the that's team Team, you know, ran out to a twenty-point lead or whatever, and then blew it in the fourth quarter because they got their energy was sapped or whatever because they, you know, stuff like that. Or know, the football the, team got up twenty to to ten, and then you know, fourth yeah. quarter came and they were exhausted, and they they yeah, they blew their load too early, or they you know they yeah, blew it, you know, you it's know. It's,
1: or like the Yankees got off to a fucking hot start, and, and then in June they fell apart. You know, they yeah, right, low, right, you know yeah. That's how my loud, obnoxious uncles would say it in sports terminology, and I, so I never thought it was like a a, a like a vile thing, like a fucking- oh, and how would you?
0: You're, you're in third grade, yeah. You know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, little did that
0: teacher know that you'd become, you know, the most lewd man in the world, Joe So
1: that's right. I mean, I wasn't banging girls in the woods yet. You know, I, I was a little <laughs> young for that. You know, that fucking Russian girl that lived in the cul-de-sac there, I took her in the woods a few times, but that wasn't until t- a few years later. You know, I was probably eighth, ninth grade by then. You know, yeah, in the woods, that was my spot, man.
0: Like Listen, Russian girl, you can wood. judge me.
1: All you want. Oh, Lord, yeah, plenty of people. Uh, pl- I don't remember her name. Let's just call her Svetlana. How the oh
0: Yes, yeah, Svetlana.
1: Let's go with or Svetlana. The S V. I Svetlana. Like that. Okay. Svetlana. Yes, but yeah. that's the thing. She's probably like, hot. If her
0: name is Svetlana, she's probably like. well, hot. Now she's not. Here's but the thing with. The thing with Svetlana.
1: The she had blonde hair, mm-hmm. and she. Had well, old, she had, <laughs> thank you, Joe. <laughs> she had she had big old titties, right? But the thing about yeah, Svetlana yes.
0: that's kind is, of, yeah, go ahead.
1: He was hot for like an eighth or ninth grader, right? like she was developed ahead of her. You know what I mean? Like you, you get that. Well, that's, I was going to, I was going to say this
0: without, like, you know, without painting a broad brush here and, and, and trying to be, you know, too rude to everybody, but in my history and in, in my, uh, you know, background, those girls like they kind of the eastern european russian or whatever yeah. they always like develop like way sooner so they're like they, they look like they're 18 when they're like 12 or whatever right. and it's like what the fuck like that's really yeah. weird. like because i remember growing up with like girls in my high school and it's like how are, are you sure you're not like 22 because like you yeah. say you're 17 but eh, i don't you don't look 17 or whatever but then when they're like 35 they look like they're 60 like it, it, it goes fast like it, it it rapidly changes but go on carry on with your here's story. the problem was
1: the boy. problem with svetlana though even though she was well developed like you say Okay. Because she was like an off the boat Russian, her fashion and her style was like eight years behind.
0: Like like it often is. So she
1: didn't get a lot of dude attention because at that age, when you're like in late middle school or early high school Image is very important, so nobody wanted to hang out with Svetlana because she looked like we had, like things had moved on to grunge, and she was still looking like a hair band. Person. Yeah, yeah,
0: she's got. She looks she's like Delilah man. Doom, and, and nobody wants you know. Yeah, nobody wants Svetlana yeah. that looks like Delilah Doom. You know, hanging out with the you know the ankle warmers, and
1: we're all listening to like Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, but Svetlana's still listening to Rat and Warrant. You know, she just she was a few years behind with her with her pop culture and her and her fashion. But listen, Joe Lanza, as an enterprising young horny boy, <laughs> I took advantage of that. I'm like, look, no one else is talking to her. She's hot, okay? She's hot. I'm gonna talk to Svetlana. I'm gonna break through that accent, and I'm gonna take her in the woods and do what kids do. You know what I mean? So I don't. I I never had sex with Svetlana. I was a little young for that, you know.
0: Oh, I thought you. Okay, thank God. I was wondering. No, what we did some things.
1: Woods. It's oh, okay.
0: Like, that's fine. That's. Fine.
1: You know, I felt her boobies. You know, They're like stuff like woods. that. And
0: I'm like, oh, come on, Joe, you can do better. Nah,
1: nah. Get a, yeah, I grab get, a, a get a
0: red roof in you, lazy bum. Come on. Nah, <laughs> this is
1: like eighth grade, so I did some raw okay. booby yeah, yeah. grabbing. You know, maybe a little kissing, some probably horrible kissing. You know, she might have touched my dingus a little. You know, stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, 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 you know, it's. But <laughs> yes. I, you know, I don't think I. You know, we never really. Yeah, I mean, there might have been some nudity, but there was no blowing of loads. Is the point? Okay. Yeah. Um. So what do we got here? So Goto Evil, do you, th- do you think there's a chance for a title change here? For uh... um,
0: he is half of the tag
1: champs. You got to keep that on the. Yeah, it, so... no,
0: and that's and that's the big reason why I don't think I I, I don't like the idea of them being double champions right now. I, I like the idea of Goto. I, I think Goto is a never champ is a good idea for right now. I think he I I I hope he holds it because I, I like him and I would like him to have kind of a, a relatively decent run. And and it seems like through all the promos and everything he's done after he beat Suzuki. That this is something that's going to be long term. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be years or whatever, but it seems like something. If you, it it seems really disingenuous, very godo like. If you have him just lose right away, but I, I I just, I don't think it's it's going to happen. I think he's going to hold on to this for a little while.
1: Where did a young rich have his first uh, over the bra booby
0: grabbing? Were you a woods guy or were Uh, you? You know, I don't think we had enough good woods by me. Um, Did you? Did you? Did you get into their room? Well, we had it. We used to. No, see that was always bad. That was because everybody was always like, you know what I mean? Like y- you, you watch TV and you hear, and everyone's always like, oh, my parents are out of town. And my parents never left anywhere. Like whose parents go out of town? My parents were always fucking home. Like all these, who can you imagine? I've never had a scenario where my parents were like, all right, we're leaving for the weekend. Bye. Like what? The I
1: fuck gotta know? agree. I mean, like who are you friends with? Ferris Bueller? Who's yeah, doing well, that? Like, no,
0: my friends had the same thing. It wasn't like my friends were like, oh, dude, my parents are gone for the weekend. Let's all come over and have like a drink. I'm like, no, all of our parents are always there. They're never gone. Like, are you kidding? So yeah. It's
1: like, guy, you're 13. Why are your parents gone? You know, yeah, it doesn't make like, sense. Like, do I your
0: parents hate you that much? They're like, yeah, we're gonna go to Mexico. Fuck off. You know, see ya. <laughs> yeah. like they would take me. Like they wouldn't like not take me. They'd be like, well, you want to come to Mexico? And I'd be like, well, yeah, of course. You know, or they, my parents never went to Mexico, but they're like, hey, do you want to go to Milwaukee? I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to go to Milwaukee and watch the Milwaukee Bucks play. You know. The Toronto Raptors. Of course, I'm going to go do that. So, so you it's like. A,
1: so let's see. You weren't a woods guy. No, you weren't uh getting in the girl's room when her parents go to Mexico guy. Oh, you were a back of the bus guy, weren't you?
0: Not a back of the bus. More. um Well, how young are we talking here? Because your I'll be first, honest.
1: your first, like over the bra, booby grabbing stuff like that, necking, um, making out, maybe some heavy. Oh, you know there.
0: what? There, there was a girl whose parents were always gone. That, that you know, I forget about. Yeah, old, uh, old Kit. Yeah, that oh, her Kit.
1: Bro. Tell me about yeah. Kit.
0: Ah uh, no, that's that's enough okay <laughs> she's got two kids now so you're such a,
1: you're, you're such a square rich you can't why am I such a square yeah, because yeah. you can't tell a story of your of your coming of age here no, you know, your Kevin Arnold's story
0: here he <laughs> took Winnie Roca. cooper to the woods did he I' I never actually I didn't watch much
1: that's movie. where he got his first uh, listen remember Winnie Cooper's brother died in Vietnam so Kevin <laughs> okay. Kevin takes her into the woods and they sit on the log and and he's consoling her, and he puts his Joe Namath Jets varsity jacket. on Oh, that's on her, oh, of, course, of course. And then he gets yeah. his first kiss in the woods. So he took Winnie Cooper to the woods. You think I'm this crazy perv? But kids go to the woods.
0: That's what they do. You know. I was gonna say otherwise it was the car thing. That was later in life. I, I'll be honest. I didn't do a whole lot of uh, work for my 13 to 16 <laughs> era. If you want to, uh, I was busy I booking you. EWR and Ebetting. So I wasn't. Believe it or not, those two things mm. didn't quite work out with the ladies. The I watch wrestling. I do fantasy uh, wrestling online. And I book fantasy wrestling on my computer. For whatever reason, that didn't quite work all that well. Yeah, um, for a while, and uh, still today, it barely works. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, I got one. That's you have all a lovely. Man.
1: Don't put yourself down. You you have a lovely <laughs> wife. I got one. Put yourself. Okay. Down. okay. Uh, do you think Will Ospreay was a taker to the woods guy?
0: Oh God, yes. Oh yeah. Or no? He's even. He was like an yeah. alley guy. He was like an alley bro. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't. Uh,
1: I think Will Ospreay is the guy who sneaks him into his bedroom.
0: Through a window, he's that's got right. like a he's got like a ladder. And-
1: he pretty confident, you know, and you know, so I, I think Willow is that kind of guy. He defends his junior title against Hiromu here. Um, obviously, this is a match we've been salivating for. We we wanted these guys have a big time singles title match. Um, they're gonna fucking blow the fucking doors off here, right? I mean, oh, God, that's what's yes. gonna happen. Yeah, and here. that's
0: and that's that's the match or the the match I was alluding to in the elimination. Uh, if you haven't watched the elimination match from what was it night five or. Um, first cork
1: night
0: yeah the first cork night, whatever that one maybe night six i forgot which it was it was on the fifth i believe um that one so the elimination if you're, if you're seeing because of course with new japan elimination or with the you know the, the the tag elimination matches you can be eliminated by going over the top rope or being pinned or submitted or whatever well it, it's exactly what we've always we, we wanted out of Hiroma we had the weird daryl thing for a while and whatever we're not going to get through that again we've done that a thousand times or whatever but he's back to being the not even not like a a simpleton in some way. You would always kind of say the simpleton, or like kind of the. the he's not dumb. He's just fucking crazy. And then no, this it's man, weird. Yeah, he's, he's weird. Guard, he, he tries to do the sunset flip, yeah. power bomb or whatever he eliminates himself but he's such a fucking crazy maniac and maybe in a way he's kind of smart too and that's sort of the idiot and savant is always a good way to sort of yeah. describe Hiromu. He realizes hey look I'll get eliminated from this match I don't fucking care because I'm about to sunset powerbomb this guy on the floor and he's gonna be way hurt when we have our big match coming up in a little bit and I want yeah. his title or whatever so he sacrifices his body and sacrifices his spot in the elimination match so that he can knock out Will Osprey and hit that or whatever and it's like bam like and seeing these dudes in these tag matches going at each other right away Osprey does what he did last year against Shibata where you know the, the bell rings and he just goes in and kicks this guy immediately. like these dudes are going to fucking kill it and it's going to be an absolutely crazy match and I have no doubt in my mind it's going to be the match of the night there's no way and I think Okada Sonata is going to be great but I see no way that any match on this entire show can top Ospreay Hiromu these guys are going to go out there and absolutely kill themselves and absolutely kill it it's going to be incredible I cannot wait
1: yeah um, I don't even care who wins I mean I would prefer if Will Ospreay wins because I'd like to ha- see his title run have a little bit of meat behind it as opposed to just losing it right away but um, I think this can be a match-of-the-year-caliber match with these two guys having yeah, a 4 singles match on a big show, and I am just greatly looking forward to it, and I did think the elimination uh, match was a ton of fun, and you're right. Hiromu's nuts. He eliminated himself and didn't care. He just wanted Will out of the match, and uh, maybe he didn't even understand the rules for all we know you know he's just fucking nuts right yeah
0: i could totally see the lij being like all right here are the rules and he's just kind of like dozing off and and you know you know licking the wall and they're like all right whatever dude you'll figure it out like not a big deal but and even then like you could say and, and that's what i sort of say and that's what i this is why i like this Romo character over the guy that holds a, a stuffed cat character yeah, yeah. is you know again i'm not we don't have to go through that again but is that you know the sort of idiot savant thing like i can justify in my head that that he a, didn't know what the rules were, or B, knew full well what the rules were, but said, fuck it, it's, it means more to me to take this guy out with this Sunset Powerbomb than it means to be in this stupid little elimination match. This is, this is meanliest to me. This doesn't matter. This is just a random tag. I don't care. You know, yeah, my stable mates are going to want me to, but whatever. I'm kind of my own thing. I kind of do my own thing a lot of times like I don't whatever I don't really care about this elimination match I care about Osaka I care about winning the title so he realized hey, I can eliminate myself but I'm gonna take this guy out or whatever I like that idea I like that you can sort of think both those ways like is he really is he so smart that he's kind of playing us all or is he kind of dumb but it kind of works or whatever but he's crazy and that's all that matters is he's unhinged and he's crazy. And that's all we've wanted out of Hiromu. This is the Kamatachi. This is what Hiromu came in as. And this yep. is the time bomb that we've always kind of wanted Hiromu to be since he came back to New Japan. So I'm so glad this character has gotten back to that level. And he can still do the silliness. He can still feed Will Osprey chicken and call him a cat and all that sort of stuff and do fun stuff. But when the time comes, when the bell rings, he's a crazy unhinged maniac. And you have no idea what he's going to do. And that's what I wanted out of my Hiromu. And I'm yep. glad we're Hiromu,
1: back. There. Hiromu's back and it's awesome. So I, I
0: completely agree. And I'm gonna be watching uh, this match with like that, that sort of weird edge of your seat. Like, what are these guys gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, and I know we're not just gonna go out there and have like, well, Espre does a shooting star press and Hiromu does a few. They're gonna, crazy shit's gonna happen in this match, one way or another. I don't know what's gonna happen, I don't know who's gonna do it. Someone's gonna do some crazy shit, and that's gonna be awesome.
1: Yeah. And then we've got uh Yoshihashi Naito, fourth from the top behind the uh title matches, uh singles match to keep Naito occupied, you know. Um, the winner's obvious. obvious, uh, but look, you know, this is so much better than having another dopey tag. I mean, they could have easily put Naito with Bushi and, uh, you know, done Gato and Yoshihashi or something. No, they gave her giving us some singles matches here, and I appreciate that. You know, there's nothing wrong with Naito coming off the Wrestle Kingdom loss and all that, getting himself a solid singles win here over a guy like Yoshihashi. I have no problem with the booking here.
0: And uh, Yoshihashi has actually been a pretty fun character the last few weeks or whatever. And like, he's got a little bit of an edge, he's a little more aggressive or whatever. And that's what we've always kind of, you know, what you kind of wanted to hear Yoshihashi is, is, is not necessarily just the, the chaos, you know, guy at the end of the bench or whatever. He's, you know, got a little bit of an edge and, and yeah, he's going to lose. And that's kind of what his role is at this point. He's probably never going to go above that, but it's nice to know that he's kind of fighting back a little bit. And it at least makes me a little bit intrigued in this match and a little interested to see what happens. And yeah, obviously there's going to be a hope spot or two where maybe they people will think he's going to win that's always been an issue with Yoshihashi's is getting people to that level getting people to invest in his near falls or whatever but Naito's pretty good at doing that so I feel like they might get to that level but at the end of the day at least Yoshihashi has some reason to be fighting Naito there's some juice behind this match and yeah I mean the the, the finish is an absolutely zero die. I mean that's going to be Naito that's going to win but they've got me a little interested in this just by Yoshihashi putting a little bit of an edge you know dyeing the hair a little darker or whatever you know being a little bit more aggressive and and being sick of kind of being a guy at the end of the bench, even if at the end of the day and after he loses, he's going to be right back to that point. But at least he's got a little motivation for this month. So
1: Gato and Bushi, I'm, I'm surprised that they haven't done, they haven't turned this into mask versus beard yet because in all of Bushi's promos, he keeps talking about Gato's nasty, disgusting beard. And then in all of the matches, LIJ is just going after Gato's beard. They're yanking his beard. They're stomping his beard. They're pulling his beard. They're dragging him around by his beard. I thought for sure they were going to do mask versus hair, but in this case, the beard in place of the of the, of the, of the hair on the head. I haven't – at the time we're recording this, that's not anything that they've you know made official. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty surprised though because they've basically built this around Bushi hates Guido's beard. But I mean more importantly, a non-title junior singles match. Finally, I've been begging for this. And, you know, give these guys something to do. They don't have to be in the title mix to have something to do. And I have no problem. And these are two bottom juniors. Look. I know that Bushi has held the junior title, and I know that Gato was a push commodity fucking, you know, a decade ago or whatever. I get it, but let's face it. These are two bottom juniors. Would you agree with that? I mean, they're, they're – Oh, the yeah. Mean,
0: yeah. I and mean, whatever you think about Bushi, I mean, he absolutely is that, and Gato, of course. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he it's, had his little gimmick fun. title run, but he's not a big-time guy. I mean, he's like – you know, these are these are prelim junior guys, and they're having a singles match, and there's nothing wrong with that. It gives us – this is so much better than having another dopey tag.
0: Yeah, I'm stunned that, the, that they haven't officially went with that result or, or, or with that stipulation because, yeah, even in the – you look at the elimination match or not uh not the elimination match but some other ones, it was always, you know, Bushi's yeah, it's it's really strange that they're not doing that. I mean, it's always – they've been both playing that up. Gato gets DQ'd in the elimination match by ripping the mask off. Bushy's yep. ripping at his beard. Like, why aren't they – I mean, they've obviously, like yeah. – it's one of these things where it's like you guys are, you know, dancing around and flirting. Just fuck. Like, just do the mask versus there or the mask Thank versus beard. Name. Like, what are we oh, doing? Rich. Now you're not being vanilla. Beautiful yeah, analogy. <laughs>
1: I love it. Now Rich is get there. You go. I love it, Rich. I'm all pumped up now. Thank I you. I got
0: this apocalypse. I might as well, you know. You
1: know, you're right. He's tearing the mask. He's pulling the beard. Dude, the mask versus beard. What are we doing here? But they're they're obviously not doing it because we're only a couple days away. So unless Rich, Rich, could this be this feud must continue?
0: Maybe, drag <laughs> I wonder, this out. Yeah. Maybe Gato pulls the mask off again and it's like, All right, now that's enough. Pal. Another yeah,
1: DQ or something? I mean, would you be opposed to this feud must continue?
0: Oh God, no, no. This can go on for months. It's I mean, I, maybe me. not like six months, but you know, a few months could I, I could do. Yeah, no, I love this idea. I love, like you said, having juniors in something that's not the title because we see a lot of times the juniors just kind of are at the back end of a tag match or just in some random tag match to do some thunder liger at the beginning of the show, and it's like, yeah, that's a waste of these guys. It's a great roster. Use these guys in some way. Have some yeah. singles. Have some fun stuff going on in between. That, this that's is what they
1: should have been doing with Will Ospreay all along when they weren't pushing Jesus. him. He should have yeah, been having kidding?
0: right. Yeah, he
1: should have been having kick-ass singles matches against like fucking whoever. Trish Liger, Tiger, Mask. I don't care who it is. You know, give these guys singles matches. Uh, so we've got Ryusuke Taguchi and Kushida along with Mike Elgin and Togi Makabe against. Uh, Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki, Takashi Izuoka, Takamishinoku, and Taiichi. Uh, so what we got here is basically an eight-man tag where uh, Togi Makabe and Minoru Suzuki are going to set up their Intercontinental Title match, which will take place on the next big show. So pretty much a nothing tag, and uh, I know that you, you know not too many people could be excited about the prospects. Of Minoru Suzuki defending the Intercontinental title against Togi Makabe from an in-ring perspective. Look, Makabe, we talk about it all the time. He is somewhat of a star. Um, the, you know, he does have a lot of fans. It is something to keep Suzuki busy with until, you know, he moves on to whatever it is he does next. And Togi Makabe, they really haven't done anything with him in over a year. Or so I don't have a huge problem with doing the match, even though I have no interest in seeing it. That's where I stand on that.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. I, I get why it's happening, but I don't really care to see it. But Suzuki's been great this year. I mean, you have a legit case that Minoru Suzuki's like your wrestler of the year so yeah. far in 2018. So it's like, you know what? May, but it's it's Makabe. And, and, and again, like he's a guy that Western fans are never going to because what we see in the ring is never he's a star in Japan. People like him. There, there's obviously there's there's cachet there. But us in America, when we watch it for the matches, and Togi Makabe just never delivers on that level for us. Nah, he's
1: like, an aging guy, and right, especially before.
0: now. I mean, you can maybe make a case years and years ago, but even that. I mean, even I've seen a lot of even back to the Shinya Makabe.
1: Was, nah, he's like, never been a great wrestler. It was just, yeah, it was
0: just okay. And it's like yeah, it's never been great, and now it's even worse. And it's just like so. That's what we're we're watching for the in the reason we're all attracted to Japan. The people listen to the show, you know, you and I is 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 for the great matches or whatever, and 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 great sort of logical storytelling or whatever makabe you know is a big star in japan for various reasons or whatever he likes dessert and i like dessert so i, I do like him on that level but other than that it's it's about it um,
1: yeah i don't think you're gonna find anyone who's gonna argue that togi makabe was a great worker even in his prime so i mean it's just it is what he look there's a certain charm to him i'll say that um you know i think he's a, a charismatic guy and his promos are funny but, um, but yeah, so that's what that match is. We've got, I like how I said, I
0: like dessert. He likes dessert. Like, I like, that's a real rarity that you would like dessert, but you know, that's <laughs> he,
1: he also, I thought it was interesting too. He made reference to the fact that he hasn't done anything in a year. You know, he, he did a promo where he said, Hey, look, I know I haven't done much uh, lately, but you know, I'm sick of this fucking guy and uh, I want to take his title.
0: Yeah. I'm a sleeping well, giant know. and, and, and never always be aware of me. Cause whenever I come back, I'm, I'm going to come back with strong yeah. and that's, that's cool. I mean, that's, I, there's
1: yeah. your story. There's your story. I'm sick of this fucking guy, and I want to take his title. I, that's all I need. That's all Joe Lanza needs. Okay? I don't need fucking – he doesn't have to come out and dress like a clown and call Minor Suzuki a clown. I'm not into it. <laughs> all right, so we've got David Finley and Juice Robinson with Toa Hanare against uh, Toru Yano, Tomohiro Ishii, and Jay White. Yano and Ishii have been winning tag matches left and right. It seems to me they're setting them up for a tag team title shot. We'll see. Um, a couple things here. The Finley-White feud, which has been fantastic. They had a killer match in Corrigan with a killer post-match. Um, and, and the other thing here, Toa Hanare and Tomohiro Ishi, at some point, I don't know when it's going to be, are going to have a fucking awesome singles match. The chemistry between these two men is incredible. Every time they face off in these tags, they – it just – Hanare is like a mini Ishii. I just – he works the same style. They go in there. They bash each other's skulls in. Hanare shows guts and fight, and it's interesting because it's like Ishii is in the position of the favorite, and he's usually the underdog, right? He's usually the guy who – you know, is willing to get in there and, 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 and trade blows. But, you know, he comes up short in this situation. It's like, it's reversed.
0: Yeah. He's got right, this right. young
1: kid coming after him who fight, you know, they are going to have such a great singles match. Someday. Well, you talk
0: about those tiers and how great that is. Sometimes like Tomar Hirishi now can usually he's working up a tier and now he's working down a tier. And it's like, it's cool to yeah. see him in this position where hanari comes out there. I, I'm, I keep forgetting what his real, his new name is. I'm so stuck with
1: it. Listen, the he toa was Hanare, Hanare yeah. right? yeah all you gotta do oh, is-
0: right, never mind <laughs> never you could and listen you could just oh call- no the leo tonga leo tonga is the one that i'm like leo yeah, tonga's one talking,
1: yeah. you could just say Hanari because it's his last name that's you true. you don't I'm even gonna, have to I'm
0: remember the tone but there was the one i think i forgot if it was from the fifth of the sixth where Hanari comes in there like he gets a hot tag runs in and tries to like sh- elbow ishi and he just stares and looks at him and then he just like runs back and like starts doing another thing and t- she's like are you fucking kidding me dude like, that's yeah. not going to do anything Like, what are you, out of your mind. But that's cool. I uh, those, And that's why it's so good when you establish tiers and make those tiers count, because now Ishii, it's obvious where Ishii is, whether you want to put him in the second tier or the third tier, however you want to do your tiers or whatever, but it's obvious that Hernare is, you know, one or two tiers below him or whatever, so that... Ishi, you respect the fact that Ishi versus Hanari even though Ishi might lose a lot to the tiers above him might not always be the guy that sort of excels in big main events or the guy that wins all the titles or whatever but you know because of where he sort of is in the hierarchy that he's way above this guy and that's a cool story yet to... and then Hanari can sort of get a little bit of benefit by wrestling this guy he's not going to win but if yeah. he you know gets a few near falls okay well all right interesting Hanari A guy against a guy a few tiers above him got a pretty good... That's pretty cool. All right, well, there might be something in this. So it's awesome, and that's why it's so beneficial to make wins and losses matter and to make hierarchies matter and why tiers matter. Because something like this, a small little throwaway story like Hanari and Ishii can have some, some legs to it, and that's awesome.
1: I just – every time they get in the ring, the chemistry is so fucking good. I, I'm hoping that they, they face each other in New Japan Cup. I don't know if they're going to throw Hanari in a New Japan Cup first-round match right off the bat. Look, we know he's not going to be in a G1 or anything like that. He could be in a, a, G, a New Japan Cup, right? You could see a Hanari-level guy or a Chase Owens. Sure. And, and and New Japan Cup is ripe for upsets too. You know, I don't think that they would do Hanari over Ishii necessarily, but you see lower-ranked guys in there sometimes. I, I, I want to see a singles match between these guys, and I want it now, so I want it in New Japan Cup. We'll see but hopefully they see that these guys have chemistry that's just fucking out of this world and, and Hanare looks like he's going to be one hell of a worker and he's going to be the kind of his style you can tell already is that ishi kind of style just fucking you know just just a just a hard-headed hard-hitting yes,
0: kind of beefy guy yeah you can yeah. you can see it already in him
1: so, and then you know we've got the Finley White stuff, which they did the great angle after White won the match, and they're pushing the fact that it was nine nine wins in a row for White. And then it looks like White's going to take care of his old pal, and he's got the ice pack, and then he fucking just gets diabolical, like he's you know, and he does the symbolic cutting of his throat and all of that sort of thing, and they have to come in and save Finley. Just so many layers, Rich. One day, David Finley is going to beat this man, and it's going to be incredible. You know, and that's what they've set up, and those were the these are the seeds that they've planted, going all the way back to these young lion encounters. It's just this is just such a great story, this Finley J White story. I I just it's just incredible. I mean, I know we talked a little bit about it last week, but my God, I mean, you know, they didn't have to do that post match stuff. They could have just had White, and and it was a hell of a match too. I mean, that's the thing about Finley. I know he doesn't get pushed, and I know I hate his look. I think he looks like a geek. I think he needs a haircut and some new gear and all those sorts of things. But fuck is the guy good.
0: And some crunches would be nice too, but, you know. I'm not a body guy, but, yeah, it's kind of, you know.
1: You know, the guy is really fucking good.
0: No, he's great, yeah.
1: I mean, the match was tremendous. And um and, and the post-match stuff was just phenomenal. So And and like I said last week, I mean, you're either – if you're not on board with J. White, you're nuts. I'm sorry you're going to get left behind. Guy's great.
0: Oh, the J. White stuff's incredible. Yeah. yeah, if you haven't seen the post-match, like he grabs Finley like he's going to pick him up or whatever and then just locks him in. I, I forgot – I don't know what you would technically call that move or whatever, but just throws MMA elbows at him. I know Dave alluded to some MMA guy. I don't know who the fuck it is. It, it was – um, I, I I don't know any my guys, but uh, it was awesome. Yeah, because it was like this moment where you're like, oh okay, he's gonna you know he's help his friend or whatever. Jay White's you know maybe a good guy, and then just lays into it. But yeah, Jay White's yeah. been incredible. The post match promos are great. The characters coming into form, it's all coming together. And yeah, now it's time to jump on the bandwagon because it's uh it's going quick. And if you don't jump on now, you're gonna be you know left behind because it's it's. I- it's coming together then firmly established as a
1: guy on the roster that no one can trust. He's just diabolical and in it for himself. And oh man, yeah, just, even his own
0: old best friend or whatever. You can't trust him. So it's like, well, fuck dude. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's so you know, easy you
1: know, to be excited about him right yeah. now and yeah, compare that to how we felt after wrestle kingdom.
0: I think the end ring still needs a little bit of work, but that's going to come in time. And that's I. But what I like though is that he's working his matches with a, the idea of the character first, and sort of yes. building that character. And then once he's got the character honed in, then there's the capacity to have those great ones. But like this match against Dave Finley was a very good match, but it wasn't like a oh my god, he's going out there to do everything he possibly can and have a five star match or whatever. It was playing into the the, the character and the role. He well, was yeah, playing, they're also so. they're also third from the top in Corrigan. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's no need know, to do that. Yeah,
1: they're not going to have a main event, but but I still think it was you know uh, you know somewhere around a four star match. I thought it was a great match. The post match was outstanding, and I was really high on the Omega match. So and I, and I think you're right. I think he's starting to work to the character more, which is important. Which is really what he didn't do at Wrestle Kingdom. He was just fine. he you know like we said, his first match. You know you got to let these guys find themselves and find their footing a little bit. And man, I think he's I think he's just about there. I mean, this guy. I mean, it's very obvious what they love about him. So uh, we got Rapongi three k against El desperado and uh Kanamoru uh the corkin shows it's very now this is non title, but it's very obvious based on the corkin shows that i i I think Suzuki Gun obviously wins this and they extend this out for one more show and then they get their title match, which they'll probably lose because uh they kept doing angles after the matches where Suzuki Gun would steal the junior titles after the post match attacks, and it was very clear that Despi and kanamoru won a junior title shot so now here's a little touch here, rich. This is why the new Japan booking appeals to me because young bucks and Rapongi three K had a junior title match earlier in the tour. This, that's the reason this is not Rapongi three K were not champions when this match was booked. Mm-hmm. So this is not a title match because new Japan treating it like a sport. Um, you know, it, it's, they can't defend tight they they, they, this wasn't signed as a title match. This is not a title match now. And I love shit like that. Little things like this appeal to me so much. It's like it would be so easy just to slap a title match here. But you don't do that. It wasn't signed as a title match, so it's not a title match. And now what you can do is have Suzuki Gun win the non-title bout to earn the title match, which is all I ask.
0: Right. And that's why I said there's something in this match. And it's cool. Like I I think I know who's going to win, but that's fine because then it's sort of building towards the next step. Yeah.
1: All we want are stakes involved. You know, that's all we – they don't have to be huge stakes, but obviously – and look, it's not official or anything like that. There's no stipulation here that says if they win. But we all know if Suzuki gun wins, they're going to get a title shot. And now you've got a little two-tour program between these teams, and there's nothing wrong with that. I have no issue – with Roppongi 3K moving into a feud with despian and Kanemaru. I think they could have some cool matches. And I think there's a lot of fresh title matches on the table for Roppongi 3K because, you know, they haven't been there for a while. And it's not just all these Gaijin teams repeating themselves as, as you know, trading the title back and forth now. We have a team... That hasn't defended their titles against all of these teams yet. So we're gonna get fresh stuff like this. So looking forward to this. I think this could be a cool little match. Look, we talk about wrestlers finding their footing in their gimmicks. Rapongi three K, I mean, they're another example, you know. They didn't struggle out of the gate the way White did. They were okay. They were okay, uh, you know, right from the start, but they've really been having killer matches now against the Bucs. So. Right, I think
0: they've sort of come into that. Maybe the, the characters are still kind of less. I, I don't know. The characters are still a little weird to me, but I, I, I now I'm sort of used to it, so it's not a problem. But now they become guys that just have like incredible tag matches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and that's awesome. Like, wrestlers. They, they, they have the tag work down so well, and for a team, that, I mean, obviously they've been teaming together and they've been working together for years or whatever. But dude, they look like like ten year veterans. Like they're so good at the little things of tag wrestling already, which is like, dude, like that. You know what's the what's the, what's the next step for these guys if they're already this great at tag wrestling? It's it's and it's kind of a shame because I think both of them are very good and 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 could be singles. But it's like now I don't know how you break them up because they're just so fucking awesome as a tag team. So I think that's. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure it, I'm sure it'll feel right when it feels right. But it's just like, man, those guys are just killing it as a tag. team. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. No, and they, this listen. early into their in and relatively early into their, their tag run. I mean, obviously, yeah, they've had some a little bit of matches under their belts. But still, like, it's just incredible what they're they got it like they they, they have tag team wrestling down to a T and not necessarily like like old school tag team wrestling. too, yes. like old style, like mm-hmm. classic, the, the stuff that people, you know, eat up and love especially in America for the old territory days. Like they have that already. They're already yeah. at that level. It's crazy.
1: They're going out there doing Southern tags with the, That's younger.
0: what I mean, like what the fuck? Like it's unbelievable.
1: The quickest way to expose yourself is not watching. Is saying that the young bucks, you know, uh, are out there working spot fests in New Japan, they're out there having southern tags in New Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people just you, that's the quickest way to expose yourself as a dope who's not paying attention. But yeah, Rapongi 3K, I mean, I, I would like to see them stay a team for a long time. They got time to, to do single stuff down the line, I'm not worried about that. Um, so but I'm just enjoying this team right now, so and I'm gonna enjoy. I think that's a that's a that's a a good undercard match and of course the opener as Kitamura soldiers on in his seven match trial series I think this is match five and uh, he faces Yuji Nagata so um, you know his trainer and all those sorts of things so these uh, Kitamura matches have been a lot of fun Um, you know he puts up a bit of a fight and then basically gets his ass kicked and lose that's what a trial series is Uh, and the question again do you think he wins one at some point I don't know who his final two opponents are the best idea that I saw and I'll throw this to you was, and I, I'd love to give the person credit, but I don't remember who it was, so I apologize. It's not my idea, but someone had said that um, with Chase Owens scoring all of these falls lately and sort of, you know, uh, being made to look good and the Rambo and all those sorts of things, maybe he is the KitaMura victory because what's the big deal? It's only Chase Owens
0: you can beat. Okay. Him. Yeah,
1: yeah, I like that. You know, and maybe that's what this buildup of Chase Owens is leading to maybe it's leading to kitamura beating chase owens on the way off to excursion. decent theory, right?
0: yeah, i don't hate it. yeah, that's pretty good. i mean cuz yeah, what's really the end game. i mean chase owens you're you're kind of rewarding him and giving him a little thing, but yeah, if he loses it's like whatever, you know.
1: yeah, you know, it, it's it's it, it you really, you know, you're not sacrificing anything by beating chase owens. um but i can see chase owens entering that match real cocky, you know, and um he's doing some fun things with the five, he's doing the old king kong bundy 5 count and He's an honorary Tongan, you know, and doing all those sorts of things. So, but you know, I, that'd be a good spot. I thought that was a pretty good idea. Now you don't, most of the time guys will go winless in a trial series. Um, you know, I think I talked about last week, Kenta beat, uh, Juventud Guerrero and went like one in nine in his trial series or something with his only win over Hoovy. Uh, that's one win that I could think of off the top of my head. I know Dragon Gate was, I, I think Dragon Gate did a, uh, Stalker Ichikawa trial series that went into like 170 matches it was like a running <laughs> is, gag yeah, where that's, he just I think that's, that is You know he just was loose. his trial series lasted for years you know and he just kept losing um but you know um but yeah I can't really think off the top of my head uh of another person who actually won a match in a trial series other than Kenta so I'm sure the listeners have some examples but um you know, so what do you think? You think he wins one, or you think he
0: goes out all? Yeah, I still two? think I still think he, lo- he wins his last one, whoever that is. Um, but I wouldn't be stunned if he loses them all. But yeah, I, I like the idea of him winning his last one and sort of yeah. then coming back and and sort of at least you, you send him off with with a with a win, and then when he comes back, he sort of exact revenge over over all those guys if they're still around or whatever. Oh but, my,
1: listen, my idea is he comes back like a fucking horror movie. Monster. <laughs> just
0: destroys them, yeah. Just murders kills them.
1: every one of these people that beat him. You know, like yeah. literally murders them. Like Yuji Nagata is dead. Because Katsuya Kitsumura beat him and then ripped his heart out of his chest with his mouth. You know, That—that's that, that's what I envision happening. He's got, he's
0: got the mouth guard, so it could certainly. It could certainly happen.
1: Right. He's gonna come back with literal fucking jaws. They're gonna shave his teeth. You know, like who was who was the uh, who was was it was it Pink or Stink who teamed with Lawler who had the pointy teeth? Do you remember that in the Survivor Series that one midget oh, right. pointy yeah, teeth? I don't, it might have uh... been one of the Doink midgets actually. It wouldn't have been one of them. He had the pointy fucking teeth. It was the creepiest thing. This man literally had pointy yellow teeth. This midget. Oh man, it was it was it was. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back on the uh, on the award winning network and check that out and figure it was, out. Which I'm it one, sure this one
0: of those Coliseum teeth. video ones or whatever. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. I forget which what, what he looked like or what what color he was, but it's
1: in a Survivor Series, so I think it's ninety five Yeah, no,
0: it's the, it's the one with all the uh, yeah when everybody got fired, so they had to use like you know is, is the midget masker. Uh, no, I think no that was the, you're actually. thinking
1: of the Dark Knight one where Shawn Michaels took Lawler's place. This was Lawler and the and the little fucking midgets versus Doink and the little midgets. I think it was the year after or the year before. Now you hate you hate elimination matches, so this is why you probably aren't remembering, right?
0: Oh, you know what? It was, I think it was '94. You're right, but something guess, like that,
1: whatever. that era. Because
0: I think '93 was the was the
1: where Michaels took Lawler's place, right? With the knights.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if the uh, what the midgets ever ever did.
1: It's a survivor series match,
0: right? Yeah, but I'm looking at it here and, and it says uh, 94. It is 94. It's the 94. Clown, clowns are Ross versus the royal family.
1: So, yeah. There you go. That one midget, I'm telling you, it's one of the clowns too, which made I'm it worse. I'm looking
0: too. I think it's the yellow clown no, That one is fucking scary. Yeah. yeah, and he had little pointy teeth. Yeah, that's, that's scary. That's, I don't know who that, that is. Though, that's the know. stuff
1: of nightmares. I'm, you know, it's the stuff of fucking nightmares. It wasn't doink or dink, it was stink and pink. Weren't the other yeah, two I don't yeah,
0: I, I imagine pink is is the one with the red hair, but I don't know. I, I can't say that for sure. And King like had ideo. these grimy-looking indie midgets with him, right? <laughs> he had mustaches like weird mustaches. Yeah, and... they look like you know they'd be good curlers. Yeah, and the one had like some weird jawline, if I remember correctly. It kind of yeah. looks like you know it looks like Glenn Jacobs now, but he was in like a small, compact form or whatever. It was pretty, uh, yeah. Pretty, so yeah, Survivor Series '94 on your award-winning WWE Network. So um...
1: you'll be happy to know that on the Coliseum video dump, the Dino Bravo bench press challenge is. Oh, team,
0: thank God! Oh, right thank God! That. All all forty-five minutes of it.
1: Yes, in oh, its entirety.
0: Perfect. Yeah, that's great. So I, you can I not only see it. that. We're uh, talking uh, about Ro- in the bar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right. So you will not. You can not only watch that. So I, at uh, Royal Rumble '88, you could also watch that on uh, the Coliseum oh, video. Thank dump God,
0: oh, perfect! Today. I'm so glad. I can't wait. Yeah, I, was, I uh, wasn't
1: going to tell you. You know what I was going to do? I was going to suggest that we review one on Patreon, and I was going to pick the one that had the bench uh-oh. press challenge on it, and not you do tell it. you. You
0: can it. still do it if you want. That's fine. And
1: trick you into watching it again. You know, but I'm sure you would have just
0: fast forwarded through it. Uh, <laughs> talked about how much I hated it again. Forty minutes. I remember it, Joe. Don't worry, it is stuck in my head. I remember it forever. So Dino Bravo bench it press. It was. Uh, they did a uh, segment on uh, the something wrestle with, with Bruce Prichard, where they talked about the '88 Royal Rumble, and Bruce said that that thing went like so fucking far over their uh. time. And they're in the back just, like, screaming, like, what are you doing? Like, go home. Yeah. It's over. Like, it's, it's, come on. Let's go. And they think went, like, 20 minutes over time. And they got to go to commercial. And it's like, well, you got to weigh the bar. It's not official. It's like, come on. All right, whatever. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And so and, the, bad. and the funny thing, too, is, like, they thought that Bravo, because he, he had said that, oh, I can bench press this much or whatever. And they had gimmick weights, but still kept it at a certain amount of weight, assuming that he could do it because he said he could. And then he couldn't do it. And then that, it was like a shoot that he couldn't do it per Bruce. I don't know. He might be lying, but that Vince just like buried the shit out of him. Cause like Vince in commentary, if you remember, he's like, ah, he can't do it. <laughs> like, and that was like yeah. legit, like sort of like, well, we better play it this up. Cause, and again, it's like Bruce. So he might be playing it up a little bit, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't yeah. doubt that Dino Bravo would say, oh yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And then like, the time comes, he can't do it. And that, this oh. is, this
1: is Pritchard full of shit again, because very clearly, if you watch it, the idea yeah. is that Jesse has to I, help I him. Because- yeah. Right. Right. So Pritchard is just I fucking... Was, I
0: know, yeah. That that's was,
1: why I can't listen to that show. He's just full of shit. You know, it's like... Any, any, the whole
0: gimmick was, the heel doesn't. Yeah, the heel can't do it or whatever. Yeah, it's...
1: Yeah, I was 12 years old and I knew that's what they were doing. I mean, who's he trying to fool here? You know, I mean, I, I know, that guy just drives me nuts. But I don't know. People seem to love it for some reason. Um. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the Osaka show. I think that should be a top-to-bottom... I think that show is going to be a lot yeah, of fucking it's gonna fun. Rock. It's
0: going to rock. We have a preview up you know? on the website right now as well. If you want to check it out, for.
1: And there's a, you know, we'll see what's going on with Kitamura because there's going to be a big announcement. By the time most people listen to this, it'll have been made. But we're going to find out officially what's going on with that L.A. dojo. So maybe Kitamura is going to L.A. That would be awesome. You know? be
0: so much better than going to, <laughs> to Ring of Honor. Here's or... the thing, though. Somewhere else, yeah. Here's my
1: concern with that, though. Let me run this by you real quick before we move on to All Japan, because I want to get this All Japan stuff in. Um, You think it's a good idea – how much of an excursion is that if you're being sent from one New Japan dojo to another New Japan dojo? Well, I think it depends if
0: he's getting – it depends if they're then booking him on various independents throughout – the country right. or whatever like are they using him as a as that sort of now he's kind of a freelance american independent guy and they're sort of working his bookings then that's a different story i think than going to a, a dojo but i see what you're saying like he's not ingrained in the community he's not you know living at wherever he's not you know always working their shows or whatever but the problem is like you can't really i don't know that you can trust many american promotions to actually do it right and that's that's well, the where, thing about it is it's
1: supposed thing. to be a learning excursion. And how much are you learning going from
0: – Yeah, but how much are you learning Ring of in Ring of Honor? Honor? Like, I don't. I don't trust that Ring of Honor does a whole lot of learning either. It's,
1: it's, it's not so much about these other promotions training these guys, though. It's more about these guys working different shows and being asked to do different things. You almost want some of these sleazy promoters to say, tonight you're a fucking – white meat baby face tomorrow, you know, then you go to the next promotion and you're this devious racist Japanese heel because it's a backwards promoter, but at least all you're doing something different every night.
0: Well, that's why I like him as kind of the freelancer versus the guy that's stuck in ring of honor doing, you know, prelims or whatever. And that, and they never do anything with him. and he's got no character and he's just kind of guy, you know, guy, big Japanese guy or whatever. And like, if it was a a different ring of honor era, I would say absolutely ring of honor be a great spot for him. But I, I don't know that there is a great spot in America right now for him to say that this is his home base and this is where he's always going to wrestle and he's always going to do. I like the idea, like you're saying, that then he can work some California Indies, then he can work, you know, in Texas and he can bounce, then he can sort of bounce around the the, the Southwest or whatever, maybe come to the Midwest sometimes or whatever, depending on if that's the sort of work that they want to do with him at that dojo is sort of work him out in different places because I think that's where you're going to learn a lot more than going to Ring of Honor and just being, you know, guy on the undercard that they sort of did with a lot of the, the guys previously. And, and it's not to say that there hasn't been success stories out, out of that, but, like, when you see what they did with, with Show and Yo, and you see, to an extent, what they kind of did with Jay White until the final few months, yeah. I don't know. I, I I just, I don't trust that Ring of Honor would treat him well. Or yeah, I hear him you. I,
1: I understand what you're saying. I mean... The the Watson thing
0: was an absolute joke. I mean, that—that's what. Well, and that wasn't necessarily their fault as much as it was, you know.
1: That was abuse. I mean, he did. I mean, it was. He just did nothing, you know. But I don't think New Japan so much cares. I think they just want these guys to work different people, work different styles. And I don't really give a shit. It's like in the old days, they wanted you to go to America or go to Mexico or go to wherever and get pushed, so they can bring you back and say, "Great Muda was a star in America," you know, or. This guy was a star in Calgary. This guy was a star in Mexico. And it would, you'd have cachet when you come back. That's not the thinking anymore. The thinking now is just go, work different styles, work with a bunch of different opponents, get away from the dojo. And then you know we can bring you back with a fresh coat of paint. We're not concerned with whether you get pushed or not. Right, you know? yeah,
0: no, 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 for sure.
1: It's it's just changed, you know. I kind of prefer the old way, but you can't really count on these promotions. You really have to have great relationships with these other promoters to get them to push your people. Now, if I was an indie promoter and I actually suggested this through people to uh, PWS at the time, which is now uh, Wrestle uh, uh, Wrestle Pro, Wrestle Pro, yeah. I said, "Look, you're getting Watanabe. He's he's based in your promotion." Do an undefeated gimmick with him. You know exactly how long you're going to have him, and then have y- your champion. I think it was Mario Bakora at the time. You know, beat him in a in the blow-off match, and then send him back to Japan. You know, like he beat him so badly, he sent him back to Japan this undefeated force and make some money off of him. You know, do an. But no, they used him once or twice. They gave him a racist fucking Tron video with Godzillas on it, and used them <laughs> in a battle royal. He had one singles match against Lance annoy. He worked the battle royal and he disappeared. And then I think he had one more match a year later. I mean, they just did nothing with him, and it's stupid. If I'm a promoter, I'm getting this 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 piece of talent. I'm gonna fucking maximize it and get everything I can out of it. Especially when he's a talented guy like Watanabe. It's just not New Japan doesn't care. They told him go to America, learn English, gain weight. That's what they told him. You know, I talked to to one of the guys who he who he uh, uh, traveled with down to Texas, and he said that was a directive. They told him, gain weight and learn English. We don't care where you work. So it's like, I don't know, the mindset with this management is just different Mm. now. So my whole thing is it's like, all right, so you go from the Japan dojo training with Yuji Nagata and uh, Kushida, whoever else is there doing the training. uh, And then you go to America and you're still in a new Japan dojo, but now Rocky's training you. I mean, you know, it's almost like – but I guess we have to see what the announcement entails – they used to, you know, the old LA dojo. They used to run shows with Samoa Joe and Carl Anderson and and Mikey Nichols and Rocky Romero and 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 uh, and Ricky Reyes and all those guys and and, and, uh, and Sarah Del Rey and you know they, you know they, they they had dojo shows. That would be cool if New Japan ran you know American dojo shows in LA again, but I don't know if that's the wide variety of experience that you want these guys to get.
0: You know what I mean? I don't know if you just want to funnel your guys. Right, then you're working guys with New Japan style, guys in that. Yeah, you know, you you want to get them away, and that's the point of the modern excursions is not like you're saying, not necessarily to push them as a star, but to 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 learn different styles, work in front of different crowds, do that that sort of stuff. The old you you know, old guard of, of you, this guy has to be pushed to the moon type thing doesn't necessarily hold. It's just you know, learn different styles, you know, do different tag matches, do different styles, work in front of different crowds, work in different areas. You know, interact with different people than you would. Whereas, yeah, you go to the New Japan Dojo and it's going to maybe feel a lot like home. And I think one of the big parts about the excursion yes. is to sort of change it up. And that's why, like, CML is such a great one. Cause I mean, that's just such a night and day experience, you know, going from, you know, Tokyo or whatever to, to, you know, Mexico City or whatever. But these guys, every time they come back, the comeback is much more refined, better more polished yeah. workers. So it always works the CML route. So
1: and it's not just working a completely different style. It's working in front of different crowds where you have to do different things to get over. That's yeah. an important thing too. So I, I would want them to get away from the new Japan system, but let's see what they say with the announcement and see what happens. But um, as usual, Rich, we are running behind, so running I, a little bit behind, yeah. I think we should jump in and, and hit the All Japan hard. There's not a ton to talk about here. They had, the, uh, they had a Yokohama show, the Twilight Blues show in Yokohama. This was on February 3rd. Drew a shade under 2,000. 1998 was the number. Not a great number. Uh, not a horrible number uh, for a main event of Kai. Challenging Joe Doring for the Triple Crown title. First half of the show, I'll blow through it quickly because it was very inconsequential. Uh, there was an eight-man tag to open. This was officially billed as a road to Junior Battle of Glory. So basically, they threw all their juniors, or you know, a lot of their juniors, in this eight-man tag just to sort of heat up, you know, their version of best of the super juniors. So we had Koji Iwamoto, Kotoro Suzuki, um, Hakaru uh, Sato, our Boy with the Bad Haircut, uh, Yohei Nakajima. And uh, they defeated Atsushi Murayama, Yasuke Okada, Shuji Kondo, and Kaichi Sato. So this is a bunch of guys that are going to be in their junior tournament. Hakaru scored the fall with the cross-armbar on Kaichi. And then I guess they did a brawl with Shuji Kondo and Iwamoto, right? Is that, that was the deal uh, in the post-match. So I guess those guys are going to have a heated match in the tournament. Second match on the card was uh, old man Masanobu Fuchi teaming with Sushi. Uh, against Ultimo Dragon and uh, the old All-Japan old veteran Tsuyoshi Kikuchi. This was a nothing match. Ultimo Dragon won with the La Magistral on Sushi. Totally skippable. Nothing to see here. I'm going to bury Ultimo Dragon in a minute. Uh, we had Zeus, the bodyguard, and Yataka Yoshi in a six-man tag. They defeated Osama Nishimura, Black Tiger 7, and uh, Masakado. And, uh, of course, the Zeus bodyguard side was going to win that because they're pushed commodities, and Zeus scored the fall with the biceps explosion. Yeah, it's such a great name. On Black Tiger. Now, the first half of the show, I don't know if you saw it or not. The last time I talked to you, you said you didn't.
0: Uh, yeah, I decided not to. After I read reviews and I read everyone's things, I said, ah, it's fine. So I watched 205 Live, and I watched a bunch of other stuff. I, yeah, I it, would, it was a
1: waste of time. It was a total nothing first half of a show. The matches were just, you know, I, they, they were not good. Uh, so there was nothing to see here the match number two flat out stunk uh the you know the six man tag was okay the opener was okay uh you know two and a half star fucking two star specials nothing to see uh they announced the carnival blocks why don't we do that after though let's run through the show yeah we'll do that at the end carnival looks great we're going to talk about that in a second so the business end of the card was the four title matches first up we had the all asia tag team uh decision match because unfortunately um Yuma Aoyagi, who was holding you know, was one half of those champions with Neo Nomura, uh, they he's injured. So the titles were up in the air. So Nomura teamed with Ryuji Sai here, who, you know, quality mid card all Japan hand. He's a, you know, solid guy on the roster, but he never gets much of a push. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took on Junakiyama and Yuji Nagata. Uh, to determine the new All Asia Tag Team Champions, Akiyama and Nagata win. Akiyama scores the fall with the wrist clutch. Uh, you know his exploder on Nomura. But what I liked here is Nomura survived one. Ex- Not only did he survive the first exploder, Nagata he also won. survived. Yeah, and he he also survived when Akiyama pulled the knee brace off the uh, the knee pad off and hit him with the naked knee so they protected Nomura to an extent even though he took the fall this yeah, is no, another was... good example of a guy taking a fall but kind mm-hmm. of being protected because he survived those two big moves
0: no what was cool too and throughout the entire match is Nagata kept trying to get him in an exploder of his own and he kept breaking out or kept breaking free or wouldn't let it happen then Akiyama hits one he kicks out and then Akiyama has to hit another one so it sort of proves that like that was the thing that those two dudes Akiyama and Nagata were just like all right look like once he hit the exploder on you you're done and that's all they try to do and they try to do it and they eventually did succeed but then he still kicked out and then eventually lost but Again, yeah, that puts him over a lot because a, he was able to avoid the exploder for a lot of the match. And then even when he did get hit by it, he was able to kick out right away. And as you said, it's sort of the knee didn't do it either. So he looked great in defeat. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty fun match here. Uh, these we, two. This is definitely one to check out.
1: Which is why I didn't mind Nomura taking the pin. Because you would think, all right, well, Sai's going to take the pin, right? But I don't mind Nomura taking the pin here because they made him look great in defeat. Oh, well, he you looks know? like no, he, he he Yeah, he kicks on. out
0: at one and then yeah. just... You know, he lo- and losing a Junakiyama after two Exploders and a knee or whatever—is not necessarily like the worst thing in the world? I mean, no, like, I, I think know.
1: it actually gets you over more.
0: I agree, you yeah, 100%. Rather than if the
1: other guy just got hit with one Exploder and lost and no Nomura- more. Okay, so you're protecting Nomura from the from the from the fall, but you know it, it works better when you do it this way. So I also think it's interesting what they did with their two tag team titles, basically on this tour, because on the, on the, uh, I guess their second new year's Eve show on the third, I'm sorry, new year's show on the third Akiyama and, and Takeo Omori, your boy Omori, they lost the, the heavyweight tag team. Well, the world tag team titles as they call them in all Japan. Look, the all Asia titles are not a junior title. I think a lot of, you know, obviously you see heavyweight, but at times in their history have been used like a junior title. So I get confused in my brain sometimes. And I call the other titles, heavyweight titles, but they're not, It's just the world tag team titles for all Japan. And uh, the Violent Giants, which is the best tag team name of all time, (laughs) Tsuji Ishikawa and Suwama, they won the tag titles from Jun Akiyama and Takeo Omori on the 3rd of January. So then Akiyama comes back with a new part. Now Akiyama and Omori then challenged Nomura and Aoyagi on, I forgot the date for the All-Asia titles, a couple nights later on the same tour, and they came up short. That was on the, uh, the 6th. So Akiyama and Omori had a bad tour. They lost the World Tag Team titles. They came up short against Nomura and Aoyagi, who appeared to be getting a nice little push as the All-Asia Tag Team champions. But then Aoyagi gets hurt. So I do think, now let me ask you, do you think, you know, they bring in, They were bringing in Yuji Nagata for this show all along. Do you think they were setting up Akiyama and Nagata to win these titles from Nomura and Aoyagi anyway so that they get to the destination that they were really intending to get to?
0: That's tough to say. I don't know. It's, um, hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't, I I feel like no, but I don't, I I don't know for sure. Yeah, it's hard to say because it, it, it seemed like, Obviously if he was a special attraction and it was just for this one time, then obviously he'd lose and you wouldn't have to win the titles at all. Yeah. So obviously there was there was plans to keep him. I, I would assume that was agreed upon well before this. So I suppose it makes sense that yeah they were going to decide to do that. Anyway, I feel like because they won, maybe yes, maybe your theory does lead some credence that 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 was always going to be the plan that they were going to win no matter what because obviously they made some yeah. sort of agreement with Nagata and didn't you know I doubt they you know last you know last few weeks or whatever said oh yeah by the way we need you to work you know double the yeah. dates or you know where you're going to win the title and, and keep it going so that yeah that does that does make some sense it's hard to it's hard to kind of rationalize and try to figure out but maybe, maybe yeah maybe they did have the plan of doing it before or, or doing it regardless.
1: It's plausible that they said, hey, look, man, we got this situation, Um, you know, we'll book you for one more date just to lose him at some point. But I think they got to their end game regardless of whether Aoyagi was hurt or not, because who would lose? Who are you going to beat? Akiyama or Nagata? And and who's going to pin those guys? Nomura or Aoyagi? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like there's no other finish I see for Akiyama and Nagata to lose. You're not going to beat Nagata coming in. Akiyama's not going to lose to one of those guys. So I think regardless of the Aoyagi injury, I think the titles were going to Akiyama and Nagata anyway. So I kind of think they got to where they were going. It sucks that the kid is hurt, Um, especially since Akiyama lost a couple nights earlier to the same team. I don't think Mm -hmm. he was going to lose to him again. So it sucks that the kid is hurt, but I do think that this is the direction they were, they were planning on. I think Nagata and Akiyama were going to win all along. I don't know. That, that's my opinion. Uh, let's see. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this one. Junior heavyweight title match. Tajiri, finally, the reign of terror is over. He loses to Atsushi Aoki. 16 minutes, cross arm breaker. Fourth defense for Tajiri. So he had three successful defenses. I hated this fucking match. <laughs> I hated this match with the passion of a thousand burning suns. I thought Tajiri was the worst major league caliber champion in wrestling in recent memory, and that includes Jinder Mahal. Um, I think he's finished. I think he's, uh, he's old. He's not in good shape, and he simply can't go anymore. Um, he's a walking rest hold, and they're not even compelling rest holds. I mean, this guy spends the majority of his matches just slapping guys inside headlocks, And then, you know, they get up, he throws a couple kicks. They do a mist based finish. I mean, that's every Tajiri match now. And it's boring as fuck. This one was putting me to sleep too. Tajiri is toast and Ultimo Dragon is toast. And they can both get sent out to pasture. I never want to see these two guys again. They both stink. And I love both of them. Tajiri is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I love Ultimo Dragon. Uh, Ultimo Dragon still looks like a million bucks. He can't go anymore. Tajiri cannot go anymore. They're done. They need to go work with, you know, they need to go to Legend with Tatsumi Fujinami or Ricky Pro if that's, and just go away. Go with the old guys and so I never have to watch you again because you stink. And I hated this match. It was so fucking boring. Just like all of Tajiri's junior time. I'm so glad they've moved away from this. And now we got the junior battle of glory coming, so we'll set up a challenger for Aoki. We can get some fucking... People who are under 50 involved in this
0: scene again, but you enjoyed this, so make your case. Yeah, a little bit of background. Of course, I'm not into this. I, I, modern Tijiri does nothing for me either. I wasn't into the title, right? And I'm glad it's over and I'm glad it's done. But, but I watched this match a long time after a lot of you guys did. So, when I saw you talking about it online, when I saw a bunch of other people, I saw the reviews come out, I was like, oh, this is a disaster. And I wanted to watch it then because I knew that it, it had been built up as such a fucking disaster and a terrible match or whatever. And then I watched it and it was all said and done. I was like, you know, what? I, I didn't, I, I didn't really mind it at all. I kind of liked it at points. And, and that's why I, a, I don't know if I watched a different match than all you guys. Cause, cause, and I saw such vitriol from some of you guys, like you talking about how much you fucking hate it. And I was like, I thought it was worked relatively quick you know for a jury match in 2018 I thought the kicks there were some kicks that looked pretty solid I thought it was pretty exciting from time to time or whatever I thought there was a lot of stuff in it that I really really liked and when it was done I was just like well that's weird I kind of liked it when I thought everybody would hate it and then or when I knew everybody hated it so I went on you know our slack chat and I said hey am I the only one that liked this jury match and a few other people said no I enjoyed it too those guys are all nutcases we're probably all nutcases maybe I don't know but I was nice to hear that a few people did like it and then some people just fucking absolutely hated it, like you and you. And I think Dylan Justin who reviewed it hated it as well. So uh, there were a few people that really disliked this match. But I don't know. I maybe it's one of those things where like, and, and I get this a lot with really great matches too, where I watch it a few days later and everybody says, "Oh, this is the greatest match ever. You're gonna love it. It's it's incredible." And it never quite lives up to that. Whereas this, I heard, "Oh, this is a train wreck. This sucks. I fucking hate this." The is the worst. And when it was all said and done, I was like, "Ah, Tijer was fine," and 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 I thought Aoki worked well. Uh, you know, throughout the match, and he—he's great. So it was—it was, it was nice to see him in this. But I kind of liked it. I don't know. I thought it was quicker. I thought it was r- relatively quick paced. I didn't see the same thing that you saw, where it was all just the headlocks. And I thought some of the kicks were okay. And I thought the story was w- was pretty solid as well, where okay sort of little by little ripping the mask off until he just says, "I don't need this anymore," and I, and, and kind of takes it off and and wins the match. So I don't know. I I kind of enjoyed it. So I was. I I don't know if that's because I heard all the negative. Stuff about it before, or what? It, or if I just generally liked it, but no, I, I I thought it was fine. So I was again. I'm not going four and a half stars, not like a, ma- a match of the year contender or whatever. But I liked it way more than I fucking hated it, like you did. So you know what I mean? It was that sort of weird thing. So I don't know. I, I maybe I watched a different match. It's possible I watched a completely different Tajiri Aoki match, but I don't think so. No, I, I I don't know. I enjoyed it. That's fine.
1: I don't understand. I mean, I would watch <laughs> all Japan shows with these Tajiri matches, and it's like I just dread that to, i'm like no oh, and I'm,
0: I'm ready for it to be done i mean for that to be said i mean tajiri a lot of people are gonna read oh tajiri oh cool and like if you don't watch mountain in japan oh tajiri's he's bad now man oh, he's, he's bad really bad and it's the same thing with ultimate dragon he came to Lasalle to work in aw show and i was you know coming with a few buddies who were like oh my god i can't wait to see ultimate dragon and i said well <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna you know leave the ultimate dragon memories alone what you remember of him remember those and keep that in your mind Think of this as a new person because you are going to be very disappointed when you see this ultimate dragon. And this ultimate dragon was fine, but tagged in twice, did a few things, tagged out, and stood on the apron while Sammy Callahan did everything else. So he he doesn't even do all of his signature stuff. No, yeah, and people were like, Oh, he's gonna do that. I was like, No, I don't, uh, no, I don't think so. Like, he's gonna do a dragon sleeper and he's gonna, like, maybe do the kick. And he like kind of did the kick, but hit the guy in like the mid hip as opposed to you're not you know, getting that ass high
1: moonsault every night. Oh like,
0: god, oh no. yeah, I was like, don't. No, no, that's no. not happening. So it's kind of this weird expectation thing, and that's what Tajiri is gonna be like. You're like, oh, the buzz saw. It's like, no, nah, it he doesn't saw much anymore. He just kind of slowly carves it out over time. But you know, it. <laughs> but good. this I enjoyed. I enjoyed this match, but it, it it could be partially because you put it down so much that it. it, it I was expecting one Bye. of the worst matches ever and some boring ass piece of shit match, but it actually kept my attention throughout the entire, you know, whatever it was, 20 minutes or so. One
1: of the worst matches I've seen this year. i are <laughs> nuts. Yeah, no it really. really is. I couldn't no stand way. it. So boring. I just so fucking painfully.
0: I think you watch a different one. I think you saw a different match.
1: I, I I legitimately think I'd put him below Jinder Mahal in terms of recent major league champions because at least Jinder Mahal got some decent crowd heat. Mm-hmm.
0: Um No, I, I and and that's still, yeah. It's not like I'm I'm defending Tajiri at all. I just this match I thought was okay.
1: I think Jinder um had better matches than Tajiri and Jinder had bad matches. I just, this Tajiri thing was just so bad. Oh my God. I'm so glad it's over. And it appears that they're moving on. Um, so the world tag team titles, we've got the violent giants again. What an awesome name. They just won the title earlier on this tour. Um, I guess not this tour. I don't know. Um, last month they won the titles. So they, they held the titles about a month. They lost to Miyahara and Yoshitatsu here. Um, Miyahara scored the fall with a German suplex on Suwama, and here we are, Rich. Yoshitatsu (laughs) is a major promotion champion, and he's been – look, I don't want to go overboard, and I think people have been – I don't think people have gone overboard. I think people have pumped the brakes on Yoshitatsu, but it's, it's fair to say he's been good in all Japan, and he's been a net positive in all Japan. And he's had a couple of matches that were legitimately very good.
0: Yes. And, yeah. Considering and, we and, wanted him to basically go away and retire and never yeah. come back ever again, you know, a few months ago, that that's, that's certainly, yeah, it's certainly a, a, a great turnaround.
1: And I love his, like, overriding theme and his overriding story of he's just a guy who works hard who isn't quite as good as the guys that he's in there with, but he works hard and he fights and uh, you know the Joe Doring squash was a good example. You know he came out and challenged Joe Doring, and Doring like blew him off. You know he's like I don't care. All right, fine, whatever. I'll give you a match. And then Doring basically squashed him for all intent and purpose because that's his story. Tatsu's a guy who isn't as good as the top guys in all Japan, but but the fans are behind him because he shows heart and he shows fight, and and his wrestling has been so much better than it was in New Japan. I don't know what it is. Um, it's not just push. This is not a situation where a guy's getting pushed better and it's giving off the appearance that he's wrestling better. No, he's he's wrestling much better than he in New Japan he was like sloppy. He was a botch waiting to happen.
0: You well, he couldn't do a experience. spine buster. He couldn't yeah. do a fucking spine buster without like nearly killing the guy. Now look, I'm not telling you he's Kemp to Kabashi all of a sudden,
1: but I mean this guy's his work is fine. And he's out there having good matches. And look, this wasn't like any kind of great match either. I didn't even like this show if I'm being completely honest, I thought this show was, was below average and disappointing. And I didn't love this match either, but it was fine. And Yoshitatsu's performance was fine. So I think he's the story here. You know, it's, it's, you know, Kento Miyaharo, Kento Miyaharo is going to get back in the triple crown picture. We know that he's the next challenger for Joe Doring, and we're going to get to that. And, uh, they're doing this fun tag team with him and Yoshitatsu. And, you know, we've seen a little bit of that in New Japan lately too, with Sonata and Evil as tag champs, with Okada and Gotō challenging them. They had a very good match in Cork and Hall, which we didn't talk about very quickly. Did you like that tag match?
0: Oh uh, yes, Corican yeah, Hall? no, I did, yeah, no, yeah. Did. You
1: know, and, and and that's what we've been wanting New Japan to do. Oh, it's it's and yeah, it's I,
0: I can't. I mean, that's exactly what I think they've been doing for, or they should have been doing for years. Is is sort of
1: mixing the main event guys in the tag. It, right, it yeah, elevates
0: the doing, tag type. yeah. Yeah, if they're not doing anything, then, then then put him in something. Have him do a little thing. I mean, I wouldn't mind if Okada, you know, when he, eventually when he loses the title, goes on, you know, a six-month tag title run or whatever. It's fine with me. Or even wins them. Fuck it. You know, that's what I him. meant. Like, yeah, that yeah. time right. go on a tag title run, like win the titles and, yeah. and with Yoshi, i like, whoever, fuck it. Some guy in chaos. He just so the, them, them. Like yeah.
1: the old, all Japan, the old, all Japan thing where every star had a fall guy that they teamed with. That's fine. You know, and, and all Japan does that. So Miyahara wins the titles with Yoshitatsu. Look, I didn't think it was any kind of great match or anything. It was fine. Had a hot closing stretch and all those sorts of things. And, uh, and there you go. What did you think of the match? And then we'll talk about the, uh, the uh, post-match stuff a little bit.
0: Yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, that's... Uh, you can't... I mean, Suwama and, and Ishikawa are, are great, and Ishikawa is just incredible, too. But I think the, the real thing that was when it was all said and done, the match... You, the, the thing that I focused on, again, was, was the Yoshitatsu thing. And I think the thing is, it, it's comfort level. I feel like this guy just feels... Maybe it's that he doesn't have the same expectations that he felt in New Japan, or he he just never seemed to quite you know post Styles Clash, post injury Styles Clash. He just never, and even, I mean really before that too, he just never felt comfortable in, in going back to New Japan. It was like that was his old home, and he came back to it, and and nothing was the same. Like when he left, you know, he wanted it to be the same, he wanted it, but it wasn't. And he was the outcast, and he was kind of looked at. Whereas this, he's sort of the. he's still an outcast but they're walking with open arms or whatever the crowds are into him that you know they're not giving him crickets because that was the thing it wasn't just like his work wasn't great new japan which it wasn't it was garbage and 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 the characters were terrible or whatever but the crowds just did not give a shit it. it was sad to hear the crowds it was just that's what come out to nothing crickets and now the yeah. all-japan crowds i have embraced him i've kind of taken him in as their own or whatever he's sort of this orphan child that they've now said oh no we've given you a home and he's freelance or whatever and, and yeah he's still kind of kind of but they feel he feels like one of their own right now at least for the time being and it's worked out well he feels more comfortable he looks better i feel like he's gotten himself in better shape too i don't know if it's maybe it's just me sort of projecting what i feel like but he never felt like he was in great shape in new japan it showed in his work like he was a little slow he was a little sloppy he was a little disjointed or whatever whereas in all japan it seems like he's just working a little bit better he's got the beard He's got a little bit of an edge or whatever. I don't know. I mean, when it was all said and done, I was looking at this match and 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 truthfully, I had to tell myself, like, Jesus, was Yoshihashi the best part of this match? Like, I still think Ishikawa probably was, but it's like, dude, you have a legit case of Yoshi Tatsu, Miyahara, Suwama, and Ishikawa, and 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 Yoshi Tatsu was right up there with them, and yeah, arguably the best guy in the entire match, which is nuts.
1: I wouldn't go that far in this one. The, the tag match he had at the end of last year, I think you can make a better argument for that. But yeah, he he hung. He he hangs in there.
0: Yeah, it's it's um, nuts.
1: Yeah, so uh, of course Zeus and Bodyguard come out to make the challenge. They had won the six man earlier in the night, so that was announced for February twenty fifth. So, Zeus and Bodyguard. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Zeus and Bodyguard win that match as the uh, circulating tag team titles continue here in all Japan, with both sets of titles changing hands pretty frequently here. That would not shock me at all. Uh, But then we had this weird post match, and I don't know what was going on here, but uh, Suwama was attacked. By so after Zeus and Bodyguard make their challenge, they mosey on out, uh Miyohara and, and Yoshitatsu take off, but then Suji Ishikawa takes off too, and Suwama ends up in the ring by himself. And Kendo Kashin and Nosa and our old pal Nosawa out of the question <laughs> confront and attack this man. Um the last person I ever want to see in a pro wrestling ring is Kendo Kashin, and not far behind is Nosawa Adams.
0: I was going to say, that's not your target audience at all. All okay,
1: right, so um, All Japan has done a nice job working in some of these guys that you know, and, 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 and piecing cards together and those sorts of things. And I guess there's some novelty value in Kendo Kashin and Nosawa Rangai attacking Suwama. It was just all so bizarre, but Rich. It got way more bizarre. I was
0: gonna say, then you probably threw your laptop through a window here in a minute. But
1: when old Iron Head himself, Kazuyuki Fujita, made his way down to the ring and uh, you know, he had like a hood over his head or whatever. This is fucking weird, dude. So we've got Kazuyuki Fujita, Kendo Kashin, and Losawa Rangai apparently uh and and Karusato made the save
0: too. Like everybody that you hate was in the ring at one time. Like if a nuke dropped on that ring, you'd be really okay. Like yeah. you lose Suwama. And that would suck, but you you know, for you you lose Sato, Kashi and Nozawa. I all got, got no beef forward. with yeah.
1: I, Listen, I all oh, Ironhead's fine. I got no problem with Ironhead. I have no idea what he's going to bring to the table in 2018. Uh, but I have no problem with Fujita. Uh, Kendo Kashin can get fucked. Yeah, but I you had three of your least favorite in
0: the ring at the same time. It could have happened, Joe. You could have could have gotten know, rid of them all at once, but
1: You know, wrong Guy, you know, at least there's a novelty value in him. I guess to some extent, I, I guess I don't like super hate him.
0: Oh, i got going to get the, uh, the, the hey. Ken Okachan is actually good guy in our mentions. That guy has been around for a while. He's still alive. Well, see, here's the other thing. Yeah, I think, yeah, we always get that, but here's the other thing
1: about wrong guy. He's black tiger seven. So what I would like to know is, is that whoa? Canon? Oh my God, Joe, come on. Oh, did I just unmask the man? Oh, dare you? <laughs> well, this is what I'm asking you is, Like, do the commentators acknowledge that it's the same man? I don't know the answer to that. And I think it would be kind of funny if they don't, you know, but I don't, I don't know if in New Japan story, you know what I mean? You you understand what I'm saying here? I don't know if he's, it's considered the same man or not because Black Tiger 7 did take the fall earlier in the show. Was that his write-off? I don't know. I, I I like. Are they reintroducing Nosawa as a newcomer, or are the announcers like, "Oh my God, he shed the mask"? Do you see what I'm saying? I
0: don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, yeah. I don't know that, that either. Question. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either how they've they've sort of done it. One.
1: So. You know, and then it wasn't just Takaru Sato who made the save for Suwama, but the young boy, Yusuki Okada, I guess he's not a young boy anymore, also was one of the guys who ran in, which I thought was cool. And then, of course, I love the description here. Where did you pull up these results from? Um, uh, a from a priest of
0: Spirit. Yeah, it's a priest of Spirit. It said Suwama
1: left in confusion. Well, I was confused
0: too. I <laughs> left it, left in too. both confusion and anger. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, you know,
0: I, this is just bizarre. How so, I hurt and what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Who just came out and why? <laughs>
1: yeah, and, you know, he's got Hikaru Sato saving him. And, and uh, you know, so just a wild, bizarre post-match scene. And um, so, uh, and then I guess uh, Yasuke Okada now elevated somewhat as Suwama has uh, allowed him into evolution. So there's yeah. that too. So a lot was going on there. Um, I like Okada getting elevated a bit. Um, he's a kid with some potential, so that's good to see. It's always good to see anybody get elevated, but this feud he's is, really,
0: he's what first year or two of his career. I mean, how young, I mean, how long has he been wrestling for? Do you, do you know off the top of your head?
1: He wasn't a rookie this year. I believe he was a rookie. No, he may have been a rookie this year. Yeah, let, me, I might let me look it up actually.
0: That. That's what I'm kind of curious. Cause this is a big spot for him already as, as he was regardless, a- uh, regardless if he was a rookie this year or, 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 or in 2017 or uh, the year prior, it's still, I mean, for especially all Japan um, Let's see. Look, yeah. He debuted January, 2017. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. God, He's damn. one
1: year in one year. Wow. In. See, he's good though. He's a good little wrestler.
0: No, he's, he's solid. Yeah.
1: He's, you know, yeah. so, you know, and now he's in a big time, you know, he's in Suwama's fucking unit now. So, um, so it looks like we're in for some uh, trios match with, because uh, Sato and Suwama made up and, and Okada join is joining Suwama and they're going to take on fucking 50 year old Ironhead Fujita. Ken, piece of shit kendo kashin and fucking black tiger 7 <laughs> i mean what is happening <laughs> is that his official
0: nickname piece of shit kendo kashin that's
1: fine but i'm going to call him piece of shit kendo kashin i mean he's never been good ever in his life so i mean he's just terrible he's you know oh, i
0: can't, I can't you know, wait for the dimensions that'll be, that'll
1: be he good. stinks i mean no, I, I know he's, he's fucking terrible. Stuff. Yeah, you know he's never been good uh, he's certainly not good now you know he, he's an old man and and he stinks so anyway um we're still running way behind here so Let's move on to the main event. We had Joe Doring defending against Kai. Um, overview. I have enjoyed the fuck out of Joe Doring's title run. I think the story of beating cancer is awesome. I love that he wears the fuck cancer shirt to the ring with his giant fur coat. This man is a fucking pimp. I enjoy the Joe Doring. And I love his story. He's just it's next man up and I'm gonna kick your ass. Mm-hmm. You know, he accepts every challenge and then he just beats the fuck out of you. You know, I don't know if you watched his post match interview. You know, but they asked him, they said, Joe, who do you want to face? And he's like, I don't care. They can work here. They can work in another promotion, put anyone in front of me, and I'm going to kick their ass. And I love that. You know, it's like, that's all I need. That's been the theme of this podcast, Rich. That's all I need. Right. I need a champion. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. I'm just going to
0: beat you. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and, and he gets you in the ring and he beats your ass. And, you know, this was not a great match. I didn't even think this was a good match.
0: I no, I'm When it was all said and done, it was this weird thing where the match was over and I was like, ah, that's kind of disappointing. But then I was like, you know what? No, I, I I'm glad it was that way. I'm glad just do Doring kind of played around with Kai for a little bit. And I just said, fuck it, you're done. And then pins him and it's over. You know what I mean? Hits the, yeah, hits the it's the, it's the revolution bomb. bomb. One two three. Kai doesn't kick out. Kai doesn't get a hope spot or two. It's just like, nah, dude, you're done. Move on. Next. Like, did he kick out of one? I, I can't remember. I don't. Re- I don't recall if he did or not. But he either kicked out
1: of one or like escaped an attempted one. There was something there. I
0: feel like he escaped. I don't think he kicked out, but but I don't know exactly. Been a few yeah,
1: I can't. I, I don't recall either. It was but,
0: that weird uh, thing where I was like disappointed initially because I thought, oh, it wasn't like the back and forth that I wanted. But then I was like, you know what? No, this story fucking rocks. Like, that's exactly yeah. what I would want out of my big champion. It's just a, you know, Kai isn't a guy that really needs to be. You know, going neck and neck with your champion, he fucking beats him and puts him off to the side. All right, who's next? Whatever. You know, but I I found I found the
1: Yoshitatsu match more compelling, even though Yoshitatsu got even less offense than Kai, and maybe it's because of Yoshitatsu's story and the way that they set up the match. But I just look—I gave Kai a chance here. He's back to traditional pro wrestling tights wearing Kai, which I'm happy about. He's done doing the goofy DDT jumping jacks gimmick, which I thought was super fucking cringe. Um, you know, and, and, and I gave him a chance here because he has been having some, some uh, nice performances and tag matches and such, but um, I'm back off the Kai I, this guy just, I can't, Kai is not good. I'm tired of hearing people defend Kai. Um, this match was not great. This was an average match. Against a guy who, I mean, Joe Doran just had a fucking, you know, he just had that magic in Zeus. I mean, come on. I mean, you got to have a better match than this. I understand what you're saying, where the story is you don't want to give Kai a ton. That doesn't mean you can't have a better match than this. I mean, I just thought this was an
0: average yeah, match. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, when it was all said and done, I kind of was fine with it just because whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't really, I didn't think much of Kai anyway. But I know you've been sort of buying into Kai and really hoping that he was going to be more than he. I is. was
1: ready to give him a chance, you right? Know? And
0: I get that. I get the disappointment on that level. And again, like I was spoiled and I kind of knew the result and I knew what people thought of the match. So I went in just kind of being like, all right, let's see what happens here. And, and when it was all said and done, I ended up a little disappointed, but at the end was like, ah, you know what? This is ex- probably exactly what I wanted. So
1: your expectations were tempered
0: yeah but I, I kind of wanted Joe Dorian just to beat his ass, and that's what he did. and yeah. it was like all right cool, like whatever I didn't need I, I didn't need to be I've sort of always been off the, I've been off the Kai bandwagon for years and, and and it's been very hard for me to ever get back on. I don't know if I ever will get back on. So I wasn't like clamoring for him to go out there and kill it. I was just like, I don't really care. I just want Joe Dorian to kind of set him aside And then he did and it was like yeah initially disappointing because it wasn't that back and forth that you sort of expect from an event, but then at the end I was like, no, that's exactly the story that Joe Dorian should do. He should beat Kai in, in 14 minutes and just move on with him.
1: Yeah, I yeah, yeah I, I hear you. Um, from that perspective, yeah. But I get
0: it, I get it. You're expecting you, you you're if you're you I know someone that's buying a you know, title match. I'm
1: sitting on my couch. I want to watch a good world title match. They did not deliver a quality world title match, in my opinion. That's all I'm saying. It was an average match. I wanted more out of it. No, I mean, I
0: I, I enjoyed it from, from a real like match standpoint. I enjoyed God. I, of the things I watched is probably the least one that I enjoyed of the of the four that I watched. Oh, on the, the show. Yeah, because I liked uh, the Tajiri Aoki. Of course, you didn't. But like, yeah, because I watched the uh, the last uh, one the two, th- Yeah, I liked all the tag matches and, and then the Aoki Tajiri. So yeah, that was my least favorite match. You know, the, yeah, other things. Fair. Even if I understand, even if I understand and enjoy the story as as a match, it was just like, yeah, like you are saying, it was kind of like, all right, well, that's that's done. So yeah, I
1: mean, overall, yeah. I didn't think this was a good show. Um, it was a show with a lot of average matches. That there wasn't a single match on this show that gripped me to where I was like, wow, I'm, that was great. You know, or that was really good or um, I'm going to be talking about. No, it was just a bunch of average matches in my opinion. You know, it was all three-star stuff at best. And even, you know, um, this this show didn't really do much for me. I didn't hate the show. I didn't – it's weird. I didn't watch this show and then when I was done with it, I didn't hate myself for watching it or think that I wasted three hours watching it. But it wasn't a good show. Um, But at the same time, I'm really enjoying the All Japan Booking. So on some level, I I, I didn't I did enjoy watching it, and it's not like it turned me off from All Japan. Now I'm excited about what's coming up.
0: Yeah, even if you weren't like overly excited about it, everything's sound and everything makes sense and everything has yeah. consequence, and everyone's got yeah. things to do or whatever. So you yes. always kind of want that. As far as a booked wrestling show, even if it was mundane or boring, you still feel like I didn't waste it because things happened and there
1: was. Yeah, like, I mean, these- I'm still into I'm still into Joe. He just didn't have a great match. You know, it's right. like exactly.
0: yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm into the idea of Miyahara and Yoshitatsu as tag champs. I think this company is well booked. I think there's a lot of people here I enjoy watching. I'm happy that Tajiri is going to be phased out, uh, apparently. Um, you know, so I just didn't love the match. I thought it was an average show, that's all. And and that's okay. I mean, not every show is going to fucking blow you away. And not every world title match is going gonna, is gonna to blow you away either. You know, We're, sometimes we get spoiled by New Japan, you know, where all these Okada matches just knock it out of the park. I mean... Look, and the thing with Kai is that's it. I I, I gave him a chance. I give up. Kai is a fucking – he's just a guy. He is the Japanese Nick Aldis. He is the Japanese uh, fucking name your jag of choice. Bobby Roode. Yeah. Um, fucking Nick Aldis. Uh, Mike Bennett. I mean that's what he is. I mean he's just – there's nothing there with him. And it's kind of ironic that he had a match here. Well, you know, it's like Sonata is in the spot that Kai was just in against Okada coming up. I talked about it earlier. It's kind of similar, you know. Kai had a chance to really step up here and at least win me over. And I know Kai-Joe Doring in front of 2,000 people isn't the same as Sonata versus Kazuchika Okada in a big building in Osaka. But, you know, relatively speaking, I think it was a very similar kind of match. Don't you agree? Like, you have this challenger that no everyone knows isn't going to win – and Kai and Sonata are attached at the hip. Kai didn't deliver. We'll yeah. see if Sonata does. Mm-hmm. You know? And and Kai to me is just he's a jag. He's a guy that I just he's nothing. You know, and, and I think this is a big setback for him. And um, you know, I just I you know, I he's he's never gonna he he is what he is. Kai is what he is. And maybe Sonata had one eye on this match, maybe he didn't. I think that it's important for Sonata to deliver in the big spot the way that Kai did not. In this match, so um, Kento Miyahara stepped up. He will be the next challenger for Doring. We knew this was coming eventually. So, did you want to go over the? Uh, car- I think the Carnival blocks are fantastic. Yeah,
0: let's do it. Let's do that. That's probably probably uh, we might have to push the uh, the match of the year thing to. Uh, uh, do you want to do a quick I, overrun I here? We only have ten minutes. Yeah, we'll do a quick uh, like fifteen minute overrun. I think we could do that. Kind of wrap okay. up the, the match of the year.
1: All right, so we got the A block: Kento Miyahara, Suji Ishikawa. Uh, Yuji Hino. Oh my God. I'm so excited to see that.
0: (laughs) Middle Uh, fingers are plenty. Let's do it.
1: uh, Ryuji Sai, the bodyguard. uh, Naioi Nomura. Joe Doring, the champ. And Shingo Takagi from Dragon Gate. Look at that fucking. That's some
0: beef right there. Ishikawa versus Shingo. Yuji Hino versus Shingo. Ishikawa versus Hino. That's. Oh, the bodyguard's there too. I forgot some bulk on that. And that Joe Doring is there. Man, that's a beefy. That's a beefy block right there. man. Look at all the matches. Yeah, that's okay. fucking Miyahara
1: Doring, Miyahara Ishikawa, Miyahara Hino, Miyahara <laughs> Tsukai, right.
0: yeah. Shingo Go down the line, Hino, yeah.
1: Shingo Ishikawa, Shingo Miyahara, Shingo Joe Doring. Neo Nomura versus all these guys. Yeah, the bodyguard is going to have a couple good matches against some of these guys. Ryuji Sai, look. You put him in this block with this caliber of talent, oh, he's going to look like star Yeah, of, he's yeah look I mean, yeah, he's
0: look awesome, oh man.
1: my God, this fucking block. I mean, this is an incredible block. I'm going to be all over it. And listen, the other one's not that far behind. Let's look at the B block. Junakiyama, who said he was done with the carnival. I think he saw the guys in this one and was like, fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm in again.
1: Okay, Kai, who we just talked about, he can go fuck himself. Zeus, Naomichi Marufuji coming in from noah he's the big uh outsider in this block suwama yoshitatsu uh yutaka yoshi and james ray dean who's doing like some kind of weird gimmick now i don't know i didn't recognize him at first you know so i think that's going to be interesting to see what the fuck james ray dean is doing so each block has two outsiders we've got yuji hino and shingo in the a block we've got Marafuji and whatever, Raideen, I don't know if he's getting a new name, I don't have any idea, um, are the outsiders in the B block. Now, this block isn't as good, but it's got quality. We're going to get a Junakiyama Marafuji match, which I am fucking pumped about. We're going to get Zeus versus both of those guys. We've got Suwama in this block, and we've got the rejuvenated Yoshitatsu, who's going to have an opportunity to go out there and have singles matches against a different variety of opponents. There's people that are still going to be in Takai. I am not one of them. Yoshi is a guy who throughout history I have never liked, but he always surprises me and has a good match now and then. I don't think he's going to get any wins here. He's probably going to lose most of his matches. And I don't think – I think he's there sort of as the night off, honestly, uh, for a lot of these guys. And then I'm real curious what they're going to do with James Dean, who I like better on paper than I always do in practice. Yeah, it never
0: kind of works. I'm always excited about it when he comes out because he looks like a million bucks and then he, like, wrestles and he's just kind of
1: eh, – Yeah, and he's kind of just – you know, yeah, yeah. but – But um, you know, with the new gimmick and everything, but man, that
0: A block, holy! Oh yeah, I mean the B block's fine, but Jesus, that A block, (laughs) like there's gonna be matches that I'm gonna pick and choose in the B block, but I don't know that there's a legit match on the A block that I can make that I wouldn't be somewhat interested. I mean, the worst match would be Sai and Bodyguard. You know what I mean? And that's fine. Like that might be fine. Like, but otherwise, every other match, every other matchup is fine and like good. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Like yeah. that's, that's crazy. That's such a good yeah. block.
1: I mean yeah. that block. I mean, look, the bodyguard. People are higher on him than I look. I, I still think he puts up some wet farts in terms of. Performance oh no, for sure. But
0: there's there's a fun factor to the bodyguard. There is a fun like, factor, yeah, and, yeah. And,
1: and and he does deliver sometimes. Like he can deliver. You know, and and, and with all this talent. I don't see how he can't deliver at least a couple times in this block. You know, you look at this block and you almost forget Joe Doring is in
0: it. <laughs> that's what I said. Like we were going over those matches. Oh yeah, the champion Joe Doring, who we love in the door. Yeah, he's he's in there too.
1: This is right up there with any of your G1 blocks. I mean, this is a great block.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. No, I mean look, when you really look at it, there's not a bad match. I mean, really, like I said, the worst match, probably to me, I don't know what you what you would pick as your worst match, but it'd be yeah, it'd probably be side versus bodyguard. And even yes. that's Fine. I mean, and then every other match is, is, is like, yeah, you went over them. I mean, every other scenario is great. So there's one ma- – out of an entire block of all these guys, there's one match that I look at and go, eh, and every other one I'm, I'm ecstatic for. So that's that's yeah. really saying something. That's I want to see a Nomura as yeah. against these
1: guys, and I want to see Shingo mix it up with these dudes fucking shingo
0: dude yeah shingo oh that's gonna be great yeah shingo and yuji hino is, is something I, I definitely need in my life but uh yeah the people like i mean i'm looking at initially like akiyama Mirafuji, of course that i'm gonna be pretty interested in uh see what yoshitatsu does as he mixes it up but yeah unfortunately there's a few guys in there that just don't do much for me Raideen doesn't do much for me um suama is, is, has been better but he's kind of still to me a little hit or miss and i know that people get upset when i say it but i don't know it's sometimes it just doesn't click with me with Swam all the time, and then Kai, of course, you know I mentioned I've I've been off the badwagon for quite a few years, and Zeus, I, I like Zeus at times, but he's kind of capable of of having some not great ones either. So I don't know. The B Block's got some skippable ones. There's some matches I'm still going to look, but that's going to be very pick and choose. Whereas there is Akiyama, no Akiyama and and If Akiyama and Mara
1: Fuji decide that they want to fucking try, oh those, back yeah. to clock, and you know, do you know Akiyama's kind of been taking it easy, but um, man, that's an interesting match. You know, it's like uh, you know, it was, it's it's Almost historical, you know, it's I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. So, um, all Japan, I guess we should talk about very quickly. I think we have about five minutes left. Um, the streaming service, so they're rolling one out just like everybody else is. It's gonna be 900 yen a month, so about nine, eight, nine, ten bucks a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, US currency, um, you know, a little bit cheaper than the uh, New Japan service. Um, this is a good thing if it makes all Japan easier and more accessible. Depending, look, if it's a fucking disaster like the Big Japan service that everybody hates, obviously I'm not going to spend my money on it. But this is a company where, okay, the DDT service, I've never purchased it and I doubt I ever will. Um, I might buy it to watch a Peter Pan show or something, uh, but I've never purchased it and I don't think I will. I'm just not into the promotion enough. All Japan is a promotion where I would consider paying for a service, especially the way they're rolling right now. Um, I would definitely pay for it if it guarantees me all of the carnival shows so I could see all the matches I want. So this is one that I may buy. If All Japan All Japan's going the way of a streaming service, I don't follow Big Japan anymore. I don't follow DDT anymore because they're behind paywalls. All Japan is a promotion. I will go out of my way to continue to follow. I will cough up the money. Where do you stand on that?
0: Yeah, in the same way, uh, this is one that I'm definitely going to consider. And I'm the, you know, Big Japan, I didn't jump in on right away. And I'm glad I didn't because that's been a disaster. And, and there's, like, again, we talked about when they launched the services, half the Big Japan matches I don't like and I actively dislike and don't want to see and, and don't care to see. So that was kind of a, a, an easy choice there. Uh, DDT is something that, like, yeah, I could see me kind of diving in every so often, but I don't love the promotion enough, I think, to watch every little bit piece and, and really invest in it. But yeah, All Japan, I could absolutely see it. I mean, it's one of the better promotions for just kind of putting on and watching a show. And, and like we said, it might not be the most exciting show, but at the end of the day, you're like, "Hey, everything I saw had consequences. Everything was good or or, or solid, and I feel like I didn't waste my you know three hours or two hours." Or whatever so yeah and the price point's pretty solid the key for a lot of people and i think that's going to be maybe a disappointment level and i don't know if they've announced it is how much of the old classic footage because people are thinking that they're going to get out of the service and get everything from the 70s and everything from the 80s and everything from the 90s and I, I i don't know i i have no idea how that relationship works obviously as we as we mentioned on the show many many years ago that this new all japan that was formed is essentially a new company Junakiyama essentially shut down the old or whatever the quote quote unquote old all japan and started a new all japan so it's a new company i don't know how that works with tv relationships i don't know if that works with the tv stations but as we saw with, with new japan world it's not so easy just to say hey new japan's got a service all right every match that's ever aired on new japan is going to air i mean it's easy for wwe because they have all that stuff they own all that stuff it's not that easy in japan there's there's different ideas with tv contracts and and tv stations or whatever so and again yeah we've seen that with new japan world where people are always kind of disappointed that there's not enough of the classic content on there and a lot of it is because yeah it's like you know some random tv station owns it or whatever and that's a big issue with all Japan. So I, you know, if you're ordering this so you can watch all through, you know, years, 1990 to 1999 of all Japan or whatever, eh, you might want to wait and see, because I don't know hundred percent if that's going to be all available.
1: I don't think they're going to have it. It's that the, the old Baba all Japan technically folded. Right. and, And Akiyama just bought the rights, I guess, to the titles and the trademarks and started a new company. He doesn't own that shit to my knowledge. And he would have to purchase it either from whoever owns it, the television station, that aired it originally or from, you know, the Baba uh, estate. I, 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 so I, you know, I guess there's the possibility that they have done that. I don't, I've never read that anywhere. And right. I'll so think, that, that's but I would I'm not saying it. Expectations. It? Don't count on it. Do yeah. That's on
0: temper it. expectations. If you're ordering it for the idea that, Hey, I can watch some new all Japan, but man, I can watch all the old stuff. Like be careful. I mean, make I sure think before old you stuff
1: in this case, maybe just be the last three years or whatever, right. whenever you yeah, start a new company. Exactly. In mm-hmm. terms of
0: older footage, yeah, and what you're investing in is the is is the current show, it's more so than everything from the absolutely, 80s. Right? Absolutely, you know, that's, uh, I think. Did you mention again that the carnival uh, starts April 7th? I don't know if you actually did that, but it's it's coming up pretty quick here. So April 7th to the 30th, it's coming. So that's if you needed anything more to watch uh, between you know the first or second week of April, there you go. You know, you got the Champion Carnival, uh, getting ready at uh, April 7th, and then the uh, the All Japan Service uh, beginning in March. So they'll be up before the Champion Carnival. So
1: yeah, said. if they air live shows and stuff, I think it's pretty cool. I'll buy it.
0: Yeah. You know, oh, for sure. No, it's, it's going to
1: be a, in well. a timely manner. I mean, I, I listen, it's nice to have it for free, but if it's, I pay for ease of accessibility, that's a big um, draw for me. You know, I don't, yeah, mind you know, paying.
0: it's always going to work and know when you click yeah. on it, the video is going to sync and, yeah. and the audio is going to sync with it and it's not going to drop out halfway through or whatever. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of benefits to paying, you know, a little bit more for, for your time sure. and your, you know, yeah. If, if it's eight bucks a month, I can pay that. You know, for, for for my time and, and my anger levels when, when things yeah. drop out or the sinks got an issue or whatever. All right. Uh, we're going to take off for uh, this portion of the show, though, but I think really quickly we'll do maybe about 10 or 15 minutes on the uh, the overrun, uh, kind of recapping our match of the year. Vo- uh, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling if you want to listen to that. Uh, we'll do that here in a bit for our f- uh, our $2 subscribers, two plus uh, for the overrun. But anyway, for uh, Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Grage. We'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis,
1: music, and and me, Matt Kuhn, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today.